Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to WrestleMania Night 2, right here on Off The Script, man. I, listen, listen, it's, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be upset, man, believe me, believe me. But I have one question, I have one question for you guys, man, as you sit there crying because once again... We were right on this show. Nobody wants to listen to me. When are you guys going to start listening to me? Why did you think Cody Rhodes was going to beat Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship? Did you honestly believe with Vince McMahon back in the company in some sort of creative role that Vince would allow his guy to drop the championships in this manner? Did you honestly believe that Vince McMahon would allow somebody in Cody Rhodes, no matter how rich his family history, a man in Cody Rhodes to go leave the company, wanted to quit the company. He didn't want to be there anymore. Quit the company, go to the Indies, start a rival promotion, get himself over, come back, and in one shot, beat the guy that WWE has poured 11 years of resources into at the biggest WrestleMania that the company has ever done. You thought that was going to happen tonight with Cody Rhodes? you man you guys are crazy you guys are really fucking crazy I tell you, man, I, I tell you, when, when, when are you guys going to get the, uh, the big picture? Honestly, I'm, I'm only, I'm only having fun with you guys. Honestly, I'm kind of embellishing a little bit, but this is what I talked about for six weeks. This is what I talked about for six weeks. The one thing that I want you guys to understand is that when we talk about something here and we say it, a lot of people think 
oh, oh, JD's saying shit for clicks and views, and JD's saying shit because he's trying to stir up controversy. There really, there really isn't any controversy to this. There's not. I don't really understand what you guys aren't getting. WWE has Roman Reigns nearing 1,000 days as Universal Heavyweight Champion. Look at the names that they listed off today during his ring entrance. Bob Backlund, Bruno Sammartino, Hulk Hogan. Roman Reigns is nearing absolute godlike status in the world of WWE for what he's done. No matter what you want to think about Roman Reigns and how boring he is and how everything that he does is the same, every main event needing the bloodline to win, at the end of the day, there are two reasons why Cody Rhodes did not win tonight's main event, which, by the way, was a fucking classic main event. Everything about that main event was WrestleMania worthy. Everything. It's exactly what I want to see coming out of a main event match for WrestleMania. I honestly did not even feel I was watching a main event for a pro wrestling show of this magnitude. I was, you know, normally you're for one and against the other, right? You're, you're for the good guy or the bad guy or vice versa. I, I did not even feel like I was watching a wrestling match tonight, man. I honestly felt like I was watching the Atlanta Braves in Game 7 of the World Series down the stretch going into the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. It's exactly what I felt like I was watching. I felt like I was watching a, a sporting event for my favorite team, and, and I was just riddled with anxiety. I was a bowl of anxiety for that entire main event because I was not for Roman, and I was not for Cody. I'm for me. I'm for me. And I'm for you guys. What we talk about here is what we want for the best of everything. Cody winning right now is not for the best. It's not. There's two reasons why Cody did not win tonight. One of them is exactly what I talked about in the first scene that I gave you guys. The reason why Cody Rhodes did not win is because Cody has not had any adversity. What did you see tonight in the main event for the first time since the Royal Rumble, which I don't even think you could count because they basically handed him the Royal Rumble on a silver platter. And this is coming from a Cody Mark. I love Cody Rhodes. I want Cody to win the title. I did not want Cody to win the title tonight. Cody has not had any adversity on the road to WrestleMania tonight in the main event was the first sign of adversity, the first sign of overcoming the bloodline in the entire road to WrestleMania for Cody Rhodes. It happened late in the match. That's the first sign that we saw of any Cody Rhodes needing to overcome Roman Reigns. A lot of you guys want to live in the moment. A lot of you guys want to Make memories and have it happen and it's beneficial to you because you want it to happen. A lot of people want that instant gratification. I hate instant gratification, man. I hate it. Think about how you apply that to your personal life. One of the best things that I felt 
is working and working and working my fucking ass off for somebody that did not give a shit about me. For a company that did not give a single shit about me. For a district manager that came in and didn't even know my fucking name when he came in. They look at you like you're a fucking number. I worked, I worked, I worked, I saved, I saved, I saved. I quit. I started this show with maybe 25, 30,000 subscribers that said, fuck this shit. I know I'm going to go full time. I know what I got. I know what I bring to the table. I know I can do this full time and make a full time living out of it. Turn around. I'm doing this shit for six years now full time. And I saved and I saved and I saved. And early on in my YouTube run, I bought myself a brand new fucking Mustang. That was the first fucking car that I ever bought for myself. How proud I was that I put all my hard work into something that I bought for myself of that magnitude. If it was instant and I didn't work for it, how much would I have enjoyed it? I would have enjoyed it. But knowing that I worked so fucking hard to get where I am and get the things that I've always wanted to get myself and bring you know these joys to my life that I at one point never thought were, were going to be a thing, or going to happen, I wouldn't be enjoying them as much as I do now. Everything we do is because of our hard work. Cody has not struggled in the WWE. Cody has not struggled on the road to WrestleMania. I don't know why you would think Vince McMahon, of all people, would welcome Cody Rhodes back to the WWE and have him beat the tribal chief in his first night in. At his biggest show of the year. I don't know why you thought any of that was going to happen. Does it sound good? Does it look good? Would it have been a great moment? Would it have been a moment that we would have been talking about for years to come? Yes, 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 yes. But certain things need to happen to make that an even bigger moment. Cody Rhodes was never going to win the world championship in this manner. Never. There was one part of this night that I thought, oh, Cody's winning it. One part of the night that I thought Cody was winning. And it may sound silly to you guys, but watching him during his ring entrance with the fucking wings on the back of his jacket, and then he goes over, he hugs his daughter, kisses his wife, and then presents his weight belt, which had every single promotion that he's ever wrestled for on the back of the belt, handed that unique one-of-one belt to negative one Brody Lee's son with Brody's wife Amanda sitting outside. Cody took care of their family when Brody passed away. Brody Lee Jr. got that weight belt. I'm like, this is it, right there. Right there. I mean, how the fuck can't you give him the world championships and end that night without giving Cody what everybody wants him to win after seeing that heartfelt moment. I, I felt at that moment, I'm like, this is Cody's winning the fucking championships right there. Then we got through the match and we saw all those false finishes. We saw the kickouts, spear, Superman punch, kick out, kick out. I legitimately thought that when Cody went for those three crossroads, when he picked up Roman after the first one, I'm like, that's it. That's it. Then Paul Heyman jumps on the goddamn apron. Solo Sokoa comes back out after getting kicked out of the ringside area in a fucking hoodie. He gives Cody Rhodes the Samoan spike because Roman Reigns at that point was dead weight and was 
shifting Cody into the corner. Samoan spike. And then that was enough to get the match and the win for Roman Reigns to retain. I don't know why you thought anything else was going to happen. This was never going to happen on this night. Not only that, I told you guys, with Vince McMahon being back in charge, Vince McMahon having some sort of creative say in what happened, more so tonight than he did on night one, I genuinely feel like Triple H really took the reins on night one, and I feel like Vince McMahon kind of took the reins on night two, to be brutally honest with you, and I don't mean that in some fucking weird conspiracy theory type of way. I don't want to throw that in your face because I know I've been all over the Vince agenda lately, but it certainly felt that way. Some of this night was not good. Some of this night very much felt like a fucking Vince McMahon production, and you know what I'm talking about. But I don't know why you would think Vince McMahon, who's back who we know is back there, who we read this morning was on the headset directing the show. Don't know why you think that Vince McMahon would allow somebody like Cody Rhodes, even though we all love Cody Rhodes, for someone like Cody Rhodes to leave the company, go and make a name somewhere else, especially with Tony Khan and a rival promotion that tried to start a war with WWE. Why you would think he would allow someone like this on his first time in the main event of WrestleMania to beat his guy, that he's put so many fucking hours and years into in Roman Reigns. All all the money that he put into Roman Reigns. Eight years of failure. Cody Rhodes said it on Friday. Roman was a failure for the first eight years of 11 that he's been in WWE, and Vince only started to see any sort of revenue with Roman in year 9, 10, and 11 which is basically what you're getting now. Why would you think that? So next time we talk about something, and next time we're adamant about something, maybe next time you guys will start paying attention and start realizing that I just don't say shit to stir up controversy on social media. What comes off this show is my genuine heartfelt emotion and genuine feeling in regards to everything that's going on. I want a story. Cody's story wasn't enough. Cody's story can't be his torn peck. In fact, the torn peck, which I'm not blaming Cody for because shit happens, and especially a pro wrestler, shit happens with pro wrestling. I'm not going to blame it on him, but the torn peck is what you could really point at as ruining the story for Cody Rhodes because if he didn't tear his peck, we would have gotten this build way sooner than just Cody winning the Royal Rumble and then beginning his ascent to the main event of WrestleMania. You can go back to that. You can't sit there and tell me, oh, Cody and his journey and him and adversity came from the torn peck and wrestling with the torn peck in the hell in a cell. You can't go and mention Stardust. You can't mention Dusty. You can't mention anything that he did in his previous WWE run. Because everything that he did from that moment on in the six, seven years he was away Then coming back, he didn't do jack shit in the company to warrant him coming in and beating somebody who I believe is the greatest final boss in the history of this company. 
All because you wanted Cody Rhodes to win the title because you think Roman Reigns is boring because you think Roman wins every match the same way because you think Monday Night Raw needs the WWE Championship. Vince couldn't give a shit about the WWE title being on Raw or not. He only gives a shit about the titles being on one man, and that is Roman Reigns. Cody is the guy. Cody is going to be the guy. I don't know what you're worried about. You saw the story and the story that you got out of this match and how it's going to continue. What, are you, what, what, what do you have a problem with? For the first time since Royal Rumble, you will now be getting the story that Cody is going to write and then finish when the time is right, when his time comes. Because at that point, then we can finally say Cody has overcome adversity against Roman Reigns. Roman has finally succumbed to the hero in Cody Rhodes. Drops the title when it's time, and it's going to be that much more special. I don't give a fuck about WrestleMania being the grandest stage of them all. I would rather it happen when the time is right in front of just as many people at another event like I mentioned SummerSlam. It's going to happen. It was never meant to happen tonight. And I'm glad WWE came to their senses, and I'm glad WWE thought exactly the way that I did for the last five weeks because I was like you guys. I said, Cody needs to win it. Cody needs to win it. Cody needs to win it for all the same exact reasons as you guys want Cody to win it. But then I smartened up, and I said, this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime deal. You're never going to get this again with anybody else. Nobody else is going to hold those championships as long as Roman has held those championships. Why are you so quick to end it? The longer it goes, the greater the victory will be for Cody Rhodes. Story is now on its way to being written. You guys should be very happy with what they did tonight. Because if you got the instant gratification you got tonight, where exactly do they go? Roman is without the championships, Cody is the champion. Aren't you going to relish in the fact now the next time that Roman and Cody are in a one-on-one match that we get suitable rules in place with the bloodline not being able to be out there? Aren't you going to be in a situation where you're going to watch and relish when Roman loses the titles now? Everybody now, all you Cody fans now want him to lose the championships even more so. And you know what? It's not going to be anybody else on the roster. It's going to be Cody. It's going to be Cody. It's going to happen. You just need to have a little patience. This night could have ended in disaster. Outside of the few gems that we got. Cody and Roman was a fantastic main event. Probably one of the best WrestleMania main events that I've seen ever. I don't give a shit about the outside interference from the bloodline. I I mean, that's what a heel faction does. I mean, it's like you guys forgot how to watch fucking pro wrestling. That's what a heel faction does. Was there this level of complaints when DX was doing their thing and the NWO was doing their thing? I mean, the fuck is wrong with you guys? I mean, the bloodline is the best thing in all of the industry right now, and you complain and complain and complain. Imagine if we didn't have the bloodline. This night could have ended in disaster. But there were a few gems on this show. Asuka and Bianca Belair had a very good match. Did did they top Charlotte and Rhea Ripley from night one? No, they did not. No, they did not. Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre 
Matt might have been the match. I, honestly, I don't know what the match of the night was, man. It's either Roman Cody or, or that match. I, I'm going to probably lean towards Roman and Cody just because of the anxiety-ridden fucking last 15 minutes or so. Because that's just great television. That's just great television. But Sheamus, Gunther, and Drew McIntyre gave you an Intercontinental Championship match that will go down in the annals of history as maybe the greatest Intercontinental Championship match of our generation, number one. It's going to go down as one of the greatest Intercontinental Championship matches of all time. I don't know if it's the greatest Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania because I'm obviously pro Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 10. I mean, I can't, I can't really... I mean, we're not there yet. Some of you, some of you new schoolers may be uh, prone to what you saw tonight and might take what you saw tonight over that. But I can't, I can't sit here and tell you it's the greatest WrestleMania intercontinental title match of all time yet. But what those three guys did, man, plus the shocking ending. I mean, I couldn't get all of them right. And I legitimately thought, and I know I'm not the only one that thought Sheamus was going to win the Intercontinental title. I mean, it was tailor-made for him, but as soon as we get on with the review, man, I, I have a feeling that WWE, with their, with their recent string of booking shows uh, in appropriate cities, I, I have a feeling that we're going to get something very soon where Drew McIntyre, or not Drew McIntyre, Sheamus is going to capture the Intercontinental title, and it's going to mean that much more when it happens instead of doing it at WrestleMania. Because right now, Gunther, how many days is Gunther the Intercontinental champion? It's got to be over 300 days. It's nearing, what, 330 days or so? I mean, he's legitimately within striking distance of the honky-tonk man and his record for the longest-reigning Intercontinental championship reign of all time. Gunther may go down as the greatest Intercontinental champion ever. I mean, the guy is a legit fucking megastar. I have no problem with him winning. None. I mean, I I can't sit here and be angry at the outcome. I can't. But what those three guys did, man, absolutely, it had everybody on their feet at SoFi Stadium. That is special. That is special. Shane McMahon made an appearance tonight. That was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my entire life watching WWE television. We'll talk about what happened there. We had Omos and Brock Lesnar. It did not overstay its welcome. And you will be surprised what I have to say about Omos and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania to open night two. You're going to be very surprised about what I have to say. Bobby Lashley was there. He had no opponent. There was no LA night. No LA night appearance. There was no Stone Cold rumored appearance. There was no Dwayne after The Rock posted a viral Twitter video today where he was thanking everybody in the WWE universe. Everybody thought The Rock was going to show up tonight. None of that happened. WWE stretched out a six-match card for WrestleMania from eight all the way up until about 1140. They stretched a six-match night to WrestleMania card almost out to four hours. That is ridiculous. They could have easily went off the air at 11 o'clock. Easy. But they gave so much time to Roman and Cody, which I do appreciate. I have no problem with them going as long as they did. It really, you know, that's where you should really be focused on. The main event. The entrances, the the pop and the whole fucking environment there. The entrances, the music, the 
the just epic feel, the big fight feel, man. WWE does it better than anybody in that sense, especially with Roman. And that match captivated everybody. It captured everything that you would want in a WrestleMania main event. We're going to go over all this. I got so much to say about tonight. And I thank you guys so much for joining me, man. We are looking at seven. We just broke our record for live viewers. We legitimately just broke our live record for viewers, man. Our live record for viewers was 6,600, 6,700, in fact, for the Royal Rumble. We just hit 7,200 live viewers tonight on Off the Script. And I want to welcome you guys to the podcast. If you're new around here, please hit that sub, that sub button. Hit that thumbs up. We got 1,500 likes. We got 7,000 people in here. There should be no less than 2,000 likes. Easy. Follow me on social media. I think we just hit 50,000 on Twitter. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go check out all the other videos, including my review of Night One, a roundtable discussion I did with other YouTubers on Saturday afternoon. Go check out Friday's podcast as well for SmackDown. Thursday's OTS 471. There are a ton of videos for you guys, man. Go check it out. I want to thank you guys so much for joining me. Please get those uh, those super chats in. We're going to hang out. We're going to go deep into the night. Get them on in. Hit that join button as well and become a member right here on Off The Scripts. Become a channel member. You guys get emotes, badges, and you are always welcome right here in my mother's basement. Right here on Off The Script. With 7,200 people in here, man, I don't want to waste your time. I know you guys came for my review of the show. And we're going to get into it right now because I want to keep the ball rolling. WrestleMania started off with the America the Beautiful part of the show, as always. Uh, I enjoyed Saturday's America the Beautiful more than I did Sunday's America the Beautiful. But it was sung tonight by Jimmy Allen. And we got the Kevin Hart uh, video intro again for the show. Miz and Snoop Dogg, they kicked things off. And mentioned the new champions crowned on night one, which were Rhea Ripley, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and then the crowd popped for all of them. And then Snoop welcomed us to WrestleMania and he fired the crowd up. Just as a little refresher for you guys, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. If you guys know me and what I do here, uh, I am very critical of how Charlotte operates. She operates with a, uh, you know, she's the android, so she operates in a different manner than others. Uh, She's got advanced AI and she's got antivirus that is impenetrable. But Charlotte and Rhea Ripley probably gave you so far the greatest women's match of the entire year. And I actually loved everything that they did last night. And Rhea Ripley is the new SmackDown Women's Champion. I do think that Rhea Ripley and Judgment Day end up moving completely as a faction over to SmackDown. And I do think that they run SmackDown over there. And plus, Rey Mysterio's over there. Legado del Fantasma is over there. So I think it just makes sense to move them over there and SmackDown end up being their new home. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn love the tag team match, the most important tag team title match in WWE history, in my opinion. And they won it, and it was a great way to end night one, one of the most memorable uh, endings to a WrestleMania that I've seen, uh, especially since Daniel Bryan won the world title at WrestleMania 30, man. Uh, I loved everything that they did in that main event, and it could not have gone to two better guys. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Sammy and Kevin Owens with the tag team championships from this point on. Brock Lesnar. He went one-on-one with Omos. Omos out there with MVP. 
I wasn't a big fan of Omos's theme music. But I feel like this was a Vince McMahon initiative, and I feel like Omos got this real, this real treacherous and evil and brooding uh, new theme music for this specific moment. So he comes out. There's really no big entrance for Omos. It's very generic. You know, it's just Omos's entrance, but with a WrestleMania set and a stage. But the whole vibe of the way he was dressed and the way the theme music kind of played over the PA system and the long walk down the aisle, it kind of fit him pretty fucking cool. So he had a great looking entrance, very brooding, uh, very, you know, giant-like for Omos. Brock Lesnar, obviously nothing too crazy about Brock Lesnar. He shows up, he fucks shit up, and then he goes home back to Saskatchewan. The match went five minutes. It did not overstay its welcome. It did not do anything extra. It did not try to be something more than it should have been. I did not feel like this match needed to be on WrestleMania. I I know why it was on WrestleMania for all the right reasons, right? Vince McMahon booked this match, no doubt about it. If you don't believe it, go take a walk. This is Vince McMahon's, uh, you know, ode to WrestleMania. I do feel like a lot of people like me think this is not really a WrestleMania match, but for the casual audience, you know, a lot of people like this, you know, uh, beast versus giant matchup, the uh, irresistible force versus the immovable object. You know, they really play to the casuals and the fucking geeks who, you know, kind of get off on this type of thing. This this doesn't really excite me like it excites other people, man. I'm not I'm not five years old. You know, I I don't really care to see Brock Lesnar lift somebody who's seven foot five. I don't really care to see the visual of Omos in the F5. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. But with that said, the match wasn't terrible. I said the same thing about Brock Lesnar and not Brock Lesnar. I said the same thing about Omos and Braun Strowman when they did their match at one of the Saudi shows. I said the same thing. I'm like, this is going to be a fucking disaster. I mean, Braun Strowman just gets back to the company. They just bring him back. They rehire him. First Saudi show out, they're booking Omos and Braun Strowman. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, how how bad is this going to end up being? It wasn't that terrible. I mean, it did not overstay its welcome. It did not do anything more than it had to. And they both worked hard for five, six minutes. That's, that's all that they could do. What could you do? This went less than that. Not even five minutes. And Lesnar, you know, I don't really care for Brock Lesnar in any sense on WWE television anymore. He's, he's done everything. Been the world champion time and time and time again. He's beaten everybody. There's no real mega match for Brock Lesnar that I care to see anymore. I mean, if this is it. I mean, if they're running Omos at Brock, at Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, I, I mean, how much more left there uh, is there for Brock Lesnar, WWE? Nothing. Nothing. But Brock Lesnar, man, when he sells, when he's in there working and selling, I don't think anybody really does it better. I mean, Lesnar is such a great seller. The match was not offensive. The match did its job. And this is what I said earlier. You're not going to believe what I'm going to say. Omos and Lesnar was better than every Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley match combined. I did not enjoy any 
of the Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley matches. Not one. They were all the same thing. For some reason, I thought that match would be something that we waited a long time for. It would be a banger. It would be a hard-hitting fucking affair between two former MMA guys. And it went nowhere. I mean, they took the cheapest, safest route with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Omos and Brock Lesnar was better than every match that we saw Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley competing. And I'm being brutally honest with you. Omos didn't look bad here. Brock Lesnar did what he had to do. And it was basically what you expected it to be. Did I get my fucking dick hard over Brock Lesnar F5-ing Omos and German suplexing him and taking him to Suplex City like most of the fucking geeks in Los Angeles and some of the journalists online? No, I I don't care about that. That's not what excites me. That's not what excites me. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this was offensive because it wasn't. Lesnar tried to tackle Omos and Omos grabbed him, flung him, That was a nice visual. Took Lesnar and actually flung him like a piece of garbage. Took a great bump off that that, uh, throw. Omos blocked Lesnar's offense, tried to shoulder tackle him, and he did not even move him, like running into a tree. So Lesnar was scoop slammed by Omos. Couple scoop slams, nothing too crazy. Omos targeted Lesnar's lower back, which somewhat was the story of the match because you can't lift Omos the way that Omos is and the size of Omos. If you got a bad back, you can't get him in the F5. And you can't German suplex him. So I like that little aspect of it. Go for the lower back. Target the back. You're not picking me up, bitch. It's exactly what he tried to do. Targeting the lower back. Applying a bear hug. Taking Lesnar off his feet. Omos slammed him again. Applied the bear hug. Crowd was cheering on Lesnar. Lesnar tried to fight back, but Omos hit a choke slam for a very close two count. Lesnar then avoided a charge. Went from behind. Two German suplexes. Lesnar was selling his back, and he managed to hit a third German suplex. He went for the F5 and sold the back again. He did not get him up in the first F5 attempt. Lesnar countered a choke slam because Omos went for another choke slam. He hit the F5 out of nowhere, and that was enough for Brock Lesnar to get the win. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, there was nothing really overly exciting about this. It did what it needed to do, and Lesnar wins. I did not expect Lesnar to lose to Omos. I did not expect Omos to come into WrestleMania and beat Brock Lesnar. The only reason why this match was made is because Brock Lesnar did not want to work with Bray Wyatt, which I completely understand. 
I mean, that would have been a fucking disaster. I, I don't really, would it have been a better match than this? Probably. But Brock didn't want to work with Bray because he feels like everybody that gets into a match and a feud with Bray, I mean, you, you, you come out on the wrong end of things. So he didn't even want to do that, reportedly, which I do believe. Vince booked this match. This was Vince and his stamp on WrestleMania. Vince went to Brock and said, I want you to work Omas. And Brock said yes, because no matter what Vince says, Brock is going to do what Vince wants him to do. But he worked. He showed up and he beat Omas. A lot of people coming into this were like, oh, this is going to make Omas bigger than he was before. This is going to be so beneficial to Omas. No, it was not. It was never meant to be beneficial to Omas. Omas lost to how many other guys before this? He lost to Lashley. He lost to Strowman. I mean, why would you Why would you even take Omas in a serious role going into a match with Brock Lesnar when he couldn't get the job done against lesser opponents that were smaller than Brock Lesnar? I don't really understand that logic. This was not going to be a match that was going to make Omas. Omas has hit his ceiling. This is the extent of what Omas is going to do in WWE. He's never going to reach this height. This is the biggest match he will have in WWE. He will never be a world champion. They got what they got out of him, and they squeezed that fucking orange dry, and that's it. It's over. This is it. So if you're an homo sapien, this was your swan song, folks. Time to move on and find somebody else to get behind in WWE. Brock Lesnar wins with one F5, and that was it. Fatal 4-Way, women's tag team match. This was absolutely the worst match at WrestleMania, bar none, that was on the card before we entered the weekend. This match was a complete bathroom break. In fact, I was still waiting. I even tweeted out, I'm waiting for WrestleMania to actually fucking start. WrestleMania didn't get started tonight until about 840 because this match went on second after Lesnar and Omos. And thankfully, WWE decided to put on their two most cringeworthy matches, their two worst matches on in the first and second slots. And then we can actually get the show started when Sheamus, Gunther, and Drew McIntyre enter for the Intercontinental title. I don't know what you want me to say about this. I don't give a shit about any of these women. And I don't give a shit that Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler won here by basically doing nothing. Ronda did nothing in this match because she came in injured. Yet I'm supposed to sit here and be excited about Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler going up against Becky Lynch and Lita for the tag team championships now. Because that's the only reason why they did it. They wanted to give you a reason as to why Becky and Ronda will be in the ring again together on WWE television. Ronda and Shayna didn't even have to qualify for this fatal four-way, while other teams here had to qualify for entry to get into their WrestleMania showcase match. Ronda and Shayna were just given the opportunity to get in. They didn't have to wrestle or do anything. So they win, and you were just better off giving them the win and the title match because this was a complete waste of our time. I didn't care. I don't care for anybody here. And the WWE seriously has a fucking problem with the way that they handle women. They do. And this was something that I talked about on last night's review for night one. How many fucking times do I tell you 
that WWE is going to have to eventually shit or get off the fucking pot with the way that they handle women. All that they see is Charlotte and Becky and Bianca and sometimes Bailey and Alexa. And Alexa's not even there. But all they see is who they want to see. They're, they're top-of-the-line women. Meanwhile, everybody else underneath them is virtually fucking irrelevant. WWE is running into a problem with Charlotte always winning the fucking championship and then having nobody to defend it against. And now they're running into the same problem with Bianca Belair because she beat Asuka tonight and there is nobody on Monday Night Raw that is set to challenge Bianca Belair because she's beaten everybody. This is why I wasn't for Bianca retaining the title tonight. Bianca has run through the entire division. What they should really be doing is thinking about who they need to start building up, creating the next Becky or the next few Beckys, the next few Charlottes, the next few Biancas. How great would the women's division be and how much more success would the women's division be on television if they had three Bianca Belairs and three Becky Lynch's and three Charlottes and three Alexas and three Baileys? I don't know why they do this. I don't. Raquel Rodriguez is supposedly getting a big push after WrestleMania. That's fine. That's fine. Good. Shotzi's been on the main roster for how long? And she hasn't had one memorable fucking outing since she's gotten called up in NXT. In fact, she's regressed. She's gotten worse from her NXT days. Liv Morgan was buried coming out of the Ronda feud. They dropped that shit like a bag of fucking potatoes. Chelsea Green is not going anywhere. Sonia Deville is a jobber. Natalia, <laughs> give me a fucking break, man. Natalia's seen her day in the sun. She's not going to get any more opportunities. And let's, let's be honest, I'd rather watch fucking paint dry than watch Natalia wrestle. Nobody gives a fuck. This was legitimately a dark match that happened at WrestleMania. And whose fault is that? Is it the ladies' fault? No. It's WWE's fault for booking a shit fucking division. I don't care. They need to get their act together. Putting Ronda in the ring with Becky because they're the tag team champions and because Ronda wanted to team with Shayna instead of going single, I I don't care. What are you doing? Ronda and Shayna are worse for the division than Becky and Lita are. Because if you put the titles on Ronda and Shayna, what are they going to do to generate any interest? And who are they going to defend the titles against? There are no teams. No teams. Ronda couldn't handle the division as a fucking SmackDown champion by herself. She's going to handle being the women's tag team champion and generate interest there? Come on, man. This was a WrestleMania dark match, not a showcase. Ronda and Shayna win at the end of the day. Do you fucking care? No, you don't. Bobby Lashley. WWE introduced Bobby Lashley as the winner of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. He was not in wrestling gear. I was hoping that we'd get some sort of open challenge, a surprise of sorts. Nothing. They had Bobby Lashley enter in street clothes, carrying out that huge-ass, ugly, piece-of-shit Andre the Giant Memorial trophy, 
holding it up for the fucking fans. And he stood there and he did his entrance thing and he's standing there doing this and that was it. Then he goes on Twitter and people are complaining that WWE could have did better. People were adding Triple H and WWE. How don't you give Bobby Lashley a WrestleMania match and blah, 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 yada, 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 yada. And he's liking fucking tweets up and down the timeline about him not getting a WrestleMania match. WWE really fucked up. They really fucked up here. I'm not the biggest Bobby Lashley guy. I'm not. I'm not a Bobby Lashley fan in general. But I appreciate the job that he's done because Bobby Lashley, once upon a time, was the guy that WWE called upon to carry the fucking brand on Monday night through the pandemic. The Hurt Business carried the show on Monday night through the pandemic era, through the PC era. Hurt Business was great television. Hurt Business became one of the more popular acts in the entire company until Vince McMahon wanted to destroy them and break them up. Bobby Lashley went on to have a a great title reign for what it was during that time frame. He was very good at what he did. He became a brand new fucking act on the show. He became popular. He was a killer. They booked him great. They booked him really, really fucking great. And then all of a sudden, he just, you know, he's become one of those guys that is just middle of the road. I, I don't know if they feel like Bobby Lashley doesn't hold any weight anymore or Bobby Lashley doesn't hold any value I feel like maybe Bobby Lashley is going to settle into that role where he's just going to be a guy that puts over younger talent. I don't know. But they gave him the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy this year because he was supposed to have a WrestleMania match with Bray Wyatt, who was in Los Angeles. There was a tweet that went around on social media today where fans were coming, I guess, leaving the uh, arena last night or they were driving around Los Angeles and in the, they were stopped at a stoplight or, or a stop sign. And in the car right next to them, going the opposite direction, was Bray Wyatt. And then they asked him with the windows rolled down, Bray, why aren't you on WrestleMania? Where, where are you? Where's your WrestleMania match? And he yells at them, my WrestleMania is tomorrow, meaning tonight. So Bray was backstage. Meanwhile, we didn't see Bray. We didn't see Uncle Howdy. We saw nothing regarding Bray Wyatt. He may show up tomorrow. We don't know. Maybe they got something planned on Monday Night Raw. I have no fucking idea. But Bobby Lashley not getting a WrestleMania match because Vince wanted to book him in a Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt match at WrestleMania. That never made sense from the word go. We got Bray the way that we did from October and a story that should have carried Bray into WrestleMania to close that chapter in his last in his last stint in the company to close the chapter on the Fiend character to move forward. There's no way you are going to convince me that Vince did not muddy the Bray Wyatt booking from Royal Rumble on. Because it was a completely different vibe to Bray Wyatt. We saw more Funhouse. We saw more characters. And yes, they were a part of the act, but they weren't front and center. Vince completely muddied the water for Bray Wyatt's return creatively. I believe that. And there's no way you're going to fucking convince me that Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, when he came back, they were already thinking, well, how are we going to take this into WrestleMania? There's no fucking way you're going to convince me that Bray's WrestleMania, Road to WrestleMania, was going to end with Bobby Lashley. It doesn't even make any sense. Well, what do they have to do with each other? Nothing. They really screwed Bobby Lashley this year, man. If I'm if I'm Bobby Lashley, I'm fucking pissed at WWE. They really dropped the ball here. 
And again, I'm not the biggest Bobby Lashley guy, but the guy deserves so much better than what he got, man. Really, give him something. Give him something. You booked Shane fucking McMahon on this show, and you couldn't find anything for Bobby Lashley or L.A. Knight to do. I mean, give me a fucking break. How many talents on this fucking roster? But you found time to put Shane McMahon on the fucking show. Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight, Pete Dunne, Karrion Cross, Santos Escobar, something. But you couldn't find a spot for Bobby Lashley, though. Ridiculous. I don't know how they're going to make it up to him, but they need to do something. Xavier Woods was backstage. He was with Nikki Cross, Tegan Knox, Madcap Moss, Angelo Dawkins, and the members of Shiro. I must be. Uh, it must be the fireplace back there, bro. It must be the fire. I mean, that's a long hallway there. It's a long strip. In my mother's basement, man. It's a very echoey area of the uh, of the venue. Let me let me see. Shiro. I don't know, man. I don't know, Jesse. What's with the fucking echo, man? Listen, go throw some more logs on the firewood, bro. We got Moose Pritchard in the back over there. I mean, he needs some attention, man. Go, go take care of that, bro. Uh, anyway, they were there. Street Profits were there. They did a, a simulation, just like they did with Seth Rollins and Logan Paul on Saturday night. Rollins won the simulation. Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus versus Gunther for the Intercontinental title via WWE 2K23. Drew McIntyre won the Intercontinental title in Xavier Woods' simulation. Now, we know that's not going to happen. That wasn't going to happen in real life, but it was very interesting that they did that in the game. McIntyre must have a higher rating than both Sheamus and uh, Gunther in WWE 2K23. Titus O'Neil. Titus Worldwide. Titus Catering is out there. Uh, he joins Corey Graves and Michael Cole on commentary. I, I wish he did not because there was a, a little bit of this match that he really kind of took away from the whole vibe of, of Corey Graves and Michael Cole. He was stepping on their toes. He was over-speaking. Uh, them uh, on certain parts of the match. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here, man? He kept saying, call the police. Call the police. Because Gunther was chopping both Sheamus and Mac. Call the police. I'm like, what the fuck? Call the police to get you the fuck out of here. Yeah, seriously. So last night, Cinnamon Toast Crunch was the sponsor for Ray versus Dominic Mysterio. And... I mean, I didn't really care. WWE is going to get their fucking money uh, any way that they can through their sponsorships. But tonight's sponsor, several sponsors for tonight's night two. This match for the IC title, Sheamus, Gunther, and Drew McIntyre was sponsored by Mike's Hard Lemonade. I wonder, Jesse, uh, we need to find out, bro. I, I wonder if Rock Hard Juice Robinson... His favorite beverage might be Mike's Hard Lemonade. I don't know, man. I think that would be a perfect pairing, man. They should reach out to TK, man. They should reach out to TK and get a sponsorship through Rock Hard 
Juice Robinson. Maybe it's an idea, man. I think that would be a nice little collaboration there. But we know why Juice is hard on uh, on, every, on an everyday occasion. He doesn't need Mike's hard to get hard. But uh, we'll leave that for Wednesday, man. We'll leave that up to the uh, investigative sleuth, Jesse. Anyway. Um, intercontinental title. We got Drew McIntosh, Sheamus, and Gunther. Everybody... Everybody knew this was going to be a banger match. I mean, if you watched Gunther versus Sheamus at Clash of the Castle, if you watched Gunther versus Sheamus on SmackDown when they did the second match in their series, you knew this was going to be a banger. There's no doubt about it. Throwing Drew McIntyre in there is just the cherry on top of the cake, honestly. Now, there were some rumors going around in regards to uh, Drew McIntyre and a contract that supposedly is coming up in WWE. He certainly wrestled like his contract was coming up and he wants a new deal. But Drew McIntyre's WWE contract apparently is ending. Both sides have not been able to come to terms on a new deal. PW Insider is reporting that Drew McIntyre's WWE contract is set to expire within the next year or so, which Fightful was able to kind of find more information out on. Fightful selectors learned that Drew, McIntyre, Drew McIntyre's deal is up within the next nine months. It was reported that McIntyre and WWE were not close to a new deal, but beyond that, Fightful's learned that McIntyre made it clear he was going to wait until much closer to the deal's expiration date to sign anything as there were a number of factors to consider, and there are. McIntyre is actually one of the many contracts that are set to expire within WWE by the end of 2024. After an emergence of AEW in 2019, obviously WWE signed dozens of talent to five-year contracts. Many of them ended up not uh, working out, and they are benched or working dark, and many of them actually ended up being cut and brought back during the pandemic. Fightful had been told towards the end of the Vince McMahon era that the company would likely wait until closer to the contract expiration to renew deals, but we haven't learned anything that's changed under Triple H, says Fightful. It goes without saying, WWE obviously wants to keep Drew McIntyre, and Fightful is told that they hope to engage in talks later this year. WWE, I I, I mean... If they if they want to keep Drew McIntyre, I mean, they could do whatever they need to do to, 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 to keep Drew McIntyre. They, they could throw any amount of money at Drew McIntyre that they want. It's not about keeping Drew McIntyre. That's not the problem. When he's ready to talk and he's ready to, you know, settle down and talk to them, he will. There are other things that he may have going on with them. Like, I, I don't know why anybody is automatically coming up with, oh, McIntyre's not interested in staying with the WWE. I, I mean, this is his home. This is where he has found the most success here. Now, the thing is, and this might be somewhat of a, of a hot take for you guys, and I'm not, I'm not saying that he's going to end up going to AEW, but if there is anybody, if there is anybody that needs a new coat of paint or a reset or a possible new environment, it's Drew McIntyre. I mean, they pushed Drew McIntyre as the guy, as the WWE champion, and he didn't really do much of anything as their babyface champion. It was a very lackluster title reign. He was the guy. He wanted to be the guy. 
They made him the guy. They gave him WrestleMania moment that was fucked over because of the pandemic. He won and beat Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship inside an empty gym. I mean, if there is anybody that needs something new, it is Drew McIntyre. Because the Drew McIntyre that we see right now, it's the same old shit every single time. He's just he's just somebody on the roster that we know is great. We know that's going to put on a great performance. He is fucking fantastic. He's everything that Vince McMahon would want in a pro wrestler. When I look at a, when I look at a guy like Drew McIntyre, I look at somebody who is the picture-perfect fucking just candidate for a pro wrestler. You look at Drew McIntyre, you know he's a pro wrestler. He's great. But my God, they've done nothing with him. I don't know if it's partially him to blame. I don't know if it's WWE creative, a mix of the two, but he hasn't done much of anything in WWE. Oh, this is great. He's wrestled for the Intercontinental title. But how much is left for Drew McIntyre to do in WWE? Especially if Roman Reigns is holding the, the, the world championships hostage. What else is there for Drew McIntyre to do or somebody like Drew McIntyre to do? Seth Rollins is falling into the same fucking category. This is what's going to happen. With Reigns, this is the one downside to Roman Reigns. The one downside to Roman Reigns holding the championships for as long as he's had is guys like McIntyre and Rollins, no matter how great they are, keep spinning their wheels and there's nothing much for them to do. Then you got Gunther holding the Intercontinental title in a a legendary reign that he's on. What what are these guys going to do? It is very difficult to keep those types of guys busy and not put a world championship on them. I don't think McIntyre goes anywhere. He's going to talk to them when he wants to talk to them. Nine months is a long time. WWE wants to keep him, which I'm sure they do. They're going to talk to him and offer him whatever they need to. But it's going to be up to him if he wants to stay or if he feels like how most of us feel. Like he needs a fresh coat of paint or something. I don't think he's going to end up going anywhere. But WWE has uh, a lot of thinking to do when it comes to Drew McIntyre. The match tonight, I said it in the intro. This was one of the greatest Intercontinental Championship matches in WrestleMania history. This may have been one of the greatest Intercontinental Championship matches in company history. Never mind WrestleMania history. Am I going to jump the gun and say that this was the greatest Intercontinental title match ever? No. I will not do such a thing. It might have been the greatest Intercontinental Championship match in the last 10 years. 20 years even, but can I sit here and tell you that it was the greatest Intercontinental Championship match in company history or at WrestleMania history? No. It is definitely going to be one of the greatest of all time. A lot of people in Los Angeles, and this is the crowd that you want to really cater to. This is the crowd that's going to give you that defining answer for what happens from this point on moving into WWE's 2023. If you are not on board with Gunther right now, then I'm going to need you to do something for me, and I'm going to need you to get on board immediately. The man is a fucking superstar. Keyword, superstar. I didn't say wrestler. I didn't say professional wrestler. So the man is a superstar. The man looked like a superstar. The man felt like a superstar tonight, and the man was treated like a superstar. If you need any, any idea as to who Triple H is going to book at the top of the card 
going into the late portions of 2023 and into next year's WrestleMania, Gunther is the guy that Triple H is banking everything on. The fact that he did not lose the Intercontinental Championship tonight spoke volumes about what Triple H has in store for Gunther. If he lost the title tonight, I was thinking about this after the match was over. If he lost the title tonight, where would Gunther be on the roster? What would he be doing? What would be the best use of Gunther? Does Sheamus need the Intercontinental Championship? I mean, it would have made a great story. And I I mean, the stars were aligned perfectly for him to win the fucking title tonight. I mean, it was just there for the taking. It's the only title in the company that he hasn't held. Gunther is the one guy that he wanted to beat. He's feuding with his best friend over this fucking title. WrestleMania. Sheamus having a WrestleMania moment. I mean, it was perfect. But they didn't pull the trigger. The fact that Gunther is still going to be the Intercontinental Championship going into the spring, into the summer, possibly into the late summer, early fall. He's going to break Honky Tonk Man's record. No doubt about it. I mean, that was guaranteed. If Honky Tonk Man was watching the show tonight hoping Gunther would lose, uh, he's crying himself to sleep tonight because the only thing that has held that man in regards to relevance in the company is this title reign, and he's not going to have it much longer. Gunther is going to be the Intercontinental Champion. He may go down. Gunther may go down as the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. And that's not hesitation. That's not me making a controversial hot take. That's not me trying to ruffle the feathers of anybody on social media. Gunther is going to go down as the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Because that's just what he does. Look at the body of work that he's done in this title reign. Look at what Triple H has done with, look at the way, this is why I am so big on long-term booking. Look at what they did. Why was it so difficult for Vince McMahon to do what we are doing with Gunther now? Why? Because Vince didn't care. Vince could have easily did this same simple yet effective method of booking with Gunther or anybody with the Intercontinental title. And he did not, because he chose not to do it. He chose not to do it because he doesn't give a shit about the Intercontinental title. He doesn't give a shit about history. He doesn't give a shit about prestige. He doesn't give a shit about booking talent the right way. He only cares about what he wants. Vince hates his history. Vince hates anything to do with pro wrestling. That much is certain. Look at what he did with the IC title. Look at what he did with the United States title. Why is it so easy for Triple H to do what he's doing with Gunther and build the Intercontinental title up? Triple H has built the Intercontinental title up back to the prestige that it deserves. Plus some. With one man. With one guy. One reign. In Gunther. Is it that difficult? Before, the IC title was worse than the 24-7 title, or at least on par. Now the Intercontinental title is the title. Gunther. Outside Roman Reigns, obviously. But Gunther may be the greatest champion in WWE currently right now. And that's including Roman Reigns. 
Because Roman's not there every fucking week. Roman doesn't defend the title every pay-per-view. Gunther is there wrestling every single week, every single month, every single pay-per-view. He may be the greatest champion in the company right now. So why was it so difficult for Vince to do what Triple H is doing? It's easy to do with matches like this, with competition like this. Who knows who's next? That's the great part about it. Who knows what's next? I figured Gunther would drop the title here, become king of the ring in May, and then go on to wrestle for a world championship. But why would you do that so soon? Why would you do that so soon? Especially if Cody won the championship tonight. You could definitely see that happening because a match with Cody and Gunther for the world championship is something that is definitely on the horizon. But WWE made the the plan. The, the, the creative plan tonight was for Roman not to lose the championships and then Gunther for, not to lo- to, uh, for him not to lose the Intercontinental title. So what, what are we doing? There's no rush for anything. There's no rush to uh, move people in different spots. I mean, everybody is fine the way that they are. You could see that Triple H takes great pride in Roman's run. You could take great pride in Gunther's run. This is a beautiful thing to see. Even though I predicted Sheamus, and I predicted Sheamus for, you know, the obvious reasons. But am I mad Gunther won this match? Absolutely not. I'm not mad. How could I be mad? Gunther is one of the best things about WWE television right now. How could anybody be fucking mad at Gunther? It's tremendous. He's the guy. He's going to be the next guy. Talk about Cody. When the time is right, Gunther is going to be the next guy. So when do we take the belt off Gunther? When is the right time to take the belt off of Gunther? I I don't know. I don't know. But maybe the way WWE has booked their pay-per-views, they've booked their pay-per-views with strategic planning. WWE booked Elimination Chamber in Montreal months in advance because they knew exactly where they wanted to take the Bloodline story with Sami Zayn and KO, and they booked that match on that night in that city at that event. They did it with long-term booking in the back of their mind, and that was a strategy, that was a plan. WWE just recently announced Puerto Rico for their next pay-per-view, their next premium live event, which is taking place in May, May 6th, I believe. They're doing that with strategic reason. What is the next premium live event that's going to be overseas? It's going to be Money in the Bank, taking place in London, taking place at the O2 Arena. Could that be the destination for Sheamus to win the Intercontinental title? Maybe it's... After that, maybe it's somewhere in the fall. Maybe WWE goes back to the United Kingdom. And we get a rematch at Clash at the Castle again if they want to do something like that and run that back. Maybe maybe Sheamus winning the Intercontinental Championship is the next strategic long-term plan creatively for WWE to take a premium live event into a city to give him a moment. Wherever that may be. But WrestleMania definitely, certainly seemed like a destination for that to happen tonight, which I was okay with. I was ready for My body and mind were ready for it, but it didn't happen. But I can't sit here and tell you that I'm upset that Gunther won the title and retained the title tonight. McIntyre was never factored into any of that. McIntyre was never going to win the title. He was just there to add 
even more juice to a to a match and a feud that already had enough going for it. This match was fucking incredible. I loved it. If there's one thing you got to go back and watch on this show, it is this. Absolutely brutal. Sheamus' chest was shot meat. Gunther's chest was shot meat. McIntyre lit up Gunther's chest actually more than Gunther lit up Sheamus' chest. Ridiculous. He immediately did McIntyre, knocked Gunther out of the ring, dropkick, which allowed him and Sheamus to go at it. Gunther came back in, returned the favor. And then they started just chopping each other. The crowd gave them a, a massive applause, standing ovation for all these lethal chops. Sheamus's chest was already bleeding within like three or four minutes of the match. Gunther put him in a Boston Crab. McIntyre smacked him twice in the face. Gunther and McIntyre exchanged more chops. McIntyre actually, he, he exchanged chops with Gunther and actually came out on the other side and seen the light of day somehow. He won the chop exchange, which got a huge pop from the crowd. Everybody loved this, but they were on their fucking feet. Sheamus came back. They took all their turns collaborating each other. Sheamus did the 10 beats of uh, Brohan or Bohan. I don't even know how to pronounce that shit. The 10 beats in between each shot. McIntyre also chopped Gunther. Sheamus did almost 30 beats as the crowd counted along. I was laughing my ass off because he, he actually got more animated as the deeper he went into the count. Michael Cole was freaking out. This event might have been Michael Cole's greatest event of all time. He was fantastic all night and last night. Gunther gave Sheamus a big boot. German suplex, lariat. And Gunther hit another big lariat, but Sheamus kicked out. McIntyre gave Gunther a neckbreaker before suplexing Sheamus into Gunther in the corner. Gunther ducked to Claymore and followed with a dropkick and a powerbomb for a very close near fall. Sheamus gave Gunther a white noise off the second rope. Followed up with a Celtic cross, which is the razor's edge. For a near fall, Sheamus put Gunther in a cloverleaf. McIntyre broke it up. Sheamus handed out knees to both guys. Sheamus then hit Gunther with a bro kick. Crowd was going crazy because this was the moment where they thought Sheamus was going to win the IC title. But McIntyre broke up the cover and pulled Sheamus out of the ring. And Sheamus' look on his face was just, are you fucking kidding me? McIntyre hit Sheamus with... A big dive over the top rope. Crowd chanted, holy shit. McIntyre went for the Claymore kick. Sheamus hit him with a beautiful bro kick for a near fall. Crowd gave them a standing ovation towards the end of the match here. They exchanged strikes until McIntyre hit Sheamus with a Claymore kick. They're back in the ring. They are trading right hands until Sheamus hit another bro kick. But he was too beat up and took too long to make the cover. As he did make the cover, Gunther came out of nowhere, jumping off the top rope with a huge splash. Gunther powerbombed Sheamus onto McIntyre's arch back and gave McIntyre a powerbomb for the one, two, three. Absolutely incredible. The crowd was amazing. The match was amazing. Michael Cole and Corey Graves were legitimately on their feet, and they gave it a standing ovation from the commentary table. That's how fucking great this was. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Might go down as one of the greatest intercontinental title matches of all time. Easy. And I'm not done. I could watch these guys go at it again. I, I, I don't want to see it end. You, know, you, you talk about fight forever. I, I don't want to see it end. Where, where, where Gunther goes after this, I, I don't know. I don't know. The field is open for him. 
Seamus and McIntyre, if they're not at the bar somewhere in Los Angeles drinking a fucking pint of Guinness or Smithwick's or something, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with their evening, man. They, they, they deserve it. No doubt about it. Bianca Belair. She went one-on-one with Asuka to retain the Raw Women's Championship here at WrestleMania. And I do not think that this was the right choice given the options here with Bianca and Asuka. Asuka's entrance included four different women dressed in Asuka masks. They were prancing around on stage, and obviously she was in a line of different masks, and she was the last one in the row, and it was pretty cool. I I, I wonder who played the uh, other dancers dancing out there underneath the masks for Asuka. Bianca Belair, her entrance included more than a dozen young black children, and they were doing a dance number, and they introduced her with a bunch of fancy dance moves, and the crowd loved it. I thought it was uh, very heartwarming, in fact, with all the little children out there on stage with Bianca Belair, that they danced her to the ring and danced her entranceway um, at WrestleMania. I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, And... um, Obviously, WWE gave back to the community in Los Angeles this year with this and then the Make-A-Wish. So WWE did a lot for the children this week, it seems, and that's always a positive and that's always a plus. I did like this match, not more than Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, but the match itself was fine, as I expected it to be. I thought the build for this match was terrible. I thought, check my phone, JD. Oscar is talking about leaving and Mercedes is basically tampering. Oh, boy. Oscar leaves WrestleMania 39 losing again. She's not 0-5 at WrestleMania. WWE continues to make her lose her biggest match and elevate her character just to push her back down the card. She deserves better. Maybe a return back to Japan. Sasha out here contract tampering, says Jesse. I might as well go back to Japan, but I bet a lot of you guys, my friends, will miss me when I leave WWE. Now I need the power of your anger. Let's bring chaos to the boring women's division with me. She puts a shit emoji Let's bring chaos to the women's division. Let's bring chaos to WWE. Um, that's quite interesting. I I don't know what uh, what that means. I know Kyrie. I know Kyrie Sane has uh, been on several interviews saying that she wants to come back to WWE. She wants to uh, wrestle EO, and she would love to wrestle Oscar again. I, I don't know what that means. Basically, from what I got there is that she's staying and that we may see uh, a new continuing of the Oscar character bloom on WWE television. But it is, it is very difficult to sit there and, and not and, and not really think long and hard about what she said, man. You know, the, the, the boring women's division. And that's where I was going with this. So I checked my phone in just the right time. The women's division is boring. The women's division is very boring. On both Raw and SmackDown. WWE's mindset is very boring. They've done nothing. Nothing. 
to change the way that they handle the women's division since Mercedes did leave, since Trinity did leave. Everybody wanted them to go back to the WWE. For what? The company has not done anything to change the way that they book women's wrestling in the time in which Mercedes left and went to New Japan and since Trinity left and is doing whatever the fuck she's doing. Why would you want them to come back? To walk into the same shit, into the same mentality that WWE's had for as long as they have been there. Unless you are a Bianca or a Charlotte or an Alexa or a Becky, you do not matter to them. You don't. And that's the fucking problem. Unless you are their elites, you do not matter to them. Even Sasha did not matter. Mercedes did not matter. Because if she did, she'd still be there. If she mattered, she wouldn't have walked out and left the company. She would have looked back and gave them another chance. But what did they do? They looked at Mercedes, they promised her something, and then they fucked her. Royally. Not literally. Royally. Creatively. They promised her something, and then they took it back. Because this company hates women's wrestling. Bruce Prichard hates women's wrestling. Vince McMahon hates women's wrestling. Just the way it is. So she went and left and now is starting a brand new revolution. Who the fuck knows what Trinity's doing? Where she's going to end up. They can make more of an impact doing what they're doing now away from WWE. Because WWE and their women's division is not making any impact. It doesn't matter what Charlotte and Rhea Ripley did at WrestleMania last night. That's what they want you to believe. I'm not going to sit here and fucking hype up one match in a division that sucks. SmackDown's women's division is fucking awful. Monday Night Raw's women's division is awful. Bianca Belair has had, and I think Bianca is great. And a lot of people think Bianca's great. Don't get me wrong and don't get my words twisted. But Bianca's title reign has been, what Asuka said, boring. She's beaten everybody. Why did Asuka need to lose tonight? Has anybody asked that question? Why did Asuka need to lose tonight? What has Bianca done up until this point for her to say, or for WWE to say, or for you, the fan, to say, yeah, she needs to continue being the WWE Raw Women's Champion? Where is she going after this? Is there any new competitors lined up? Is there any new talent being lined up? I don't understand why Bianca Belair needs to continue being the Raw Women's Champion. She's done everything for that championship. This was the end of the road. Asuka losing buries Asuka. WWE took Asuka in the Vince McMahon administration, turns her into a fucking clown legitimately after Triple H booked her as one of the most dominant females in the history of this company. She went to Monday Night Raw, she went to the main roster, and she started off okay, and then they take everything for granted, and what do they do? They take Asuka and everything that they built for Asuka and gave it to Charlotte Flair. 
Asuka maintained that undefeated streak when she hit the main roster. What did they do? They turned around and gave it right to Charlotte Flair as Charlotte was the first one to beat Asuka on the main roster. Was that necessary? This is what they do, and this is what I talked about just moments ago. If you are not one of those names, you are not going to get top billing. You are not to go, you're not going to be a priority at all. So Oscar turns into a geek. Oscar turns into a stereotype. The kabuki warriors, the fucking mist and the dancing and the fucking acting like a clown on television. All for Triple H to turn around this year in 2023. Redebut her at Royal Rumble as something similar to what we got in Japan. A fucking menace, a killer, a psychopath. Only for Vince to come back creatively in some aspect to take Asuka. And you see Asuka from the Royal Rumble onwards into the road or onto the road to WrestleMania. And all you see is a downward fucking spiral in Asuka. She's dancing. And she's sh- shooting mist and fucking goo from her mouth. Some weeks we see her without face paint. It's almost as if they had a fucking identity crisis with Oscar. Oh, I want Oscar to be this. No, no, no. I want Oscar. T- I want Oscar to be this way, pal. It's like they had inner fucking turmoil on what they wanted Oscar to be. Vince was never going to allow Oscar to be a success on the main roster coming out of the Royal Rumble because it's too over. It, it-, it got over. Oh, no, we can't do that. That's Asuka's old gimmick. She got herself over with her old... That's not my shit. That's not WWE's gimmick. Now, they wanted her to be what Vince wanted her to be. That's why there was a report that a lot of people backstage were heavily convinced that Vince McMahon was back in some way because things that were changed somehow ended up reverting back to their old way. Asuka being one of them. I don't blame Asuka. Do I believe she's leaving? No. This may be the start of something new. But if Mercedes is causing problems online, I don't expect anything less from Mercedes. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. She don't give a fuck. She's the IWGP Women's Champion. She can do whatever she wants to do. Bianca Belair should have lost this match tonight. Why? For the reasons that I just mentioned. Asuka giving... Oscar the championship would have created a fresh field for the Monday Night Raw women's division, especially with this new character that Oscar is kind of undertaking on Monday Night Raw. It would have created something fresh on Monday night. I think Bianca losing and then getting drafted whenever the draft happened over to Monday Night Raw would have been best for business. The only match, the only two, the, the only two matches left for Bianca Belair at a high level are Charlotte. And Rhea Ripley. And you know they're waiting for a WrestleMania to do Bianca versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. And you know that Bianca and Rhea is going to happen at some point. Because it should have happened last year. That's the only thing left for Bianca Belair. Unless they call somebody else up and somebody else hits it big. And somebody else is a megastar. Tiffany Stratton. Roxanne Perez. Or whoever else is down there that they want to call up to the main roster. Who else do they have? There's nobody ready yet, and you already have Bianca Belair running through everybody, winning every fucking title that you have to offer, and there's nothing left for her to do outside of the obvious in Charlotte. 
This is why I said you need three Biancas, three Beckys, three Alexas, three Charlottes, three Baileys. If you start building your division around those women and giving opportunities to other women, the same that you do your favorites, the division would be better off for it. Raquel Rodriguez, stale as fucking six-week-old fucking milk sitting out on the kitchen counter. Liv Morgan, Shotzi Blackheart, Aaliyah never panned out, Lacey Evans, Zia Lee, Sonya Deville, Nikki Cross, Piper Niven, fucking Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, they all are irrelevant. You have a great division with all these names and not one of them, not one of them has any sort of momentum whatsoever. But Bianca, Becky, and Charlotte, oh my God, let's give them all the attention. Why can't we make Tegan Knox into the next Bailey? Why can't we make Shotzi Blackheart into the next, I don't know, Bianca Belair? Why? Why do we got to wait for Roxanne Perez? Because everybody's high on Roxanne Perez. Why do we got to wait for Roxanne Perez to be the next Bailey? Why do we got to wait for the next Cora Jade? Or why do we got to wait for Cora Jade to be the next Soraya or Paige or Sasha? Why do we got to wait for Tiffany Stratton to be ready? Why? I, I don't get it. It's a disaster. And they'll never admit it. They'll never admit it. Then you want to know why Sasha isn't there. Then you want to know why Trinity didn't want to go back. Nothing's changed. Imagine Sasha went back. Charlotte comes back in December. And she wins the women's championship after being out for seven months. Sasha would have went home, looked at her husband and said, Honey, what the fuck did I do? Why didn't I go join New Japan? She took a chance on herself. That's what I'm proud of. That's what I respect, and that's what I appreciate. It's just facts. Smash was fine. Wrong outcome. I don't give a fuck what Bianca Belair means to you or the company. I don't care. Bianca Belair is as dull as anything right now in WWE. She either needs to A, drop the title, or B, go heel. This babyface run is fucking boring. Boring. Belair wore black and gold tonight. Asuka wore red and gold with the blue and red hair. She looked great. Asuka looked great. Belair was in control. Asuka used a cool little combination of moves. Asuka tried a, a super German suplex, but Belair landed on her feet, hit a spine buster for two. Belair tried a standing moonsault, but Asuka caught her in a submission. Asuka transitioned into a version of the Asuka lock, but Belair got out of the ring. They fought outside. Belair hit a unbelievable sit-out powerbomb on Asuka that made such a fucking terrible thump on the outside. Rolled Asuka in the ring, got a two-count off that. Could have been a three, to be quite honest with you. Uh, back and forth counters. Asuka hit a missile drop kick for a two. They exchanged moves on the apron. Belair hit a very nice-looking deadlift vertical suplex, bringing Asuka into the ring from the outside for a two-count. Crowd was getting a little quiet, and, you know, obviously, 
You can't blame the crowd because there was no heat coming into this thing. They, they appreciate who Oscar and Belair are, but there was no story coming into this. None. So how could you expect fans to be oh so invested in what they're doing and there's no story? So they were hot for when they needed to and they were quiet sitting on their hands for most of it because there was nothing coming into it. So they traded cradles, counters, back and forth. Oscar hits a big kick, goes for a cover, gets a two count. Belair hit a blockbuster, standing moonsaults, goes for a cover, gets a two count. Oscar hits a knee strike, but Belair came right back with a tackle. They battled on the top, but Oscar pulled Belair down off the top row by her braid and hit a code breaker for a two count. Belair then got Oscar up in the glam slam. She drove her into the turnbuckle. Belair tried for a KOD, but Oscar got out of it. Belair almost hit the referee, and Oscar wanted to use this as the distraction to do the mist. But Belair uh, obviously evaded the mist. She ducked it. Belair went for the KOD, but Oscar reversed it into the Oscar armbar or the Oscar lock. Crowd went nuts because they thought this might be Oscar winning the championship. Oscar should have won the championship here. Belair fought out, hit the KOD as she muscled Oscar up. And basically a deadlift position up into the KOD. One, two, three, and Belair retains the Raw Women's Championship. It was a fine match for what it was. It was never going to be a bad match because both of them are very good. But the outcome is uh, something that uh, was a little less than desired because Bianca Belair as the Raw Women's Champion, I would have put the title on Asuka. And Asuka losing clean like she did doesn't do any favors to the progression of Asuka on Monday Night Raw. It doesn't. We need Asuka at, at, a, at a new level, at a, a level that we all think she, she should be at, and, and Belair moving on with whatever she's got, man. There's nothing left for her to do on Monday Night Raw unless WWE pulls a fucking magic act out of its hat tomorrow. There really isn't anybody left for Bianca Belair on Monday Night Raw. Snoop and Miz. Snoop Dogg, that is. We're in the ring, and they were dancing to nothing but a G-thang. Miz announced an attendance of 81,395, which brings the two-night total to 161,892. I think WWE embellished on both nights. I think they easily added eight or 9,000 to both night one and night two. Miz was complaining to Snoop Dogg about putting him in an impromptu match last night. Snoop said, my bad. Miz did not like that response. Miz says that this was his city, and Snoop told him, no, this was our city. Sounds like you want to have another match tonight, says Snoop Dogg. Miz said, no, 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 no. No. So Snoop had an opponent, and out comes Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon makes his WWE return at WrestleMania 39. Like I said before, Shane McMahon is on WrestleMania 39, but you fail to find WrestleMania spots for Karrion Cross, LA Knight, Bobby Lashley, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and Bronson Reed. But Shane McMahon makes WrestleMania 39. You could not come up with creative for all those talented men who sat in the back 
watching Shane McMahon shadow punch his way into WrestleMania 39. Then I legitimately have fucking geeks online telling me that this is a Triple H decision. Are you fucking serious? Are you fucking kidding me? How brain dead and dense do you have to be? Seriously, to say something that stupid to me online. This was definitely a Vince McMahon maneuver. Vince McMahon picked up the phone and called his son to be at WrestleMania, not Triple H. I can guarantee, I could bet my fucking life savings on it. That Triple H had nothing to do with this. Nothing. You think Triple H would book a segment like this? I don't believe it. Pat McAfee even had a fucking match on last night's show, yet you couldn't find anything to do for the names that I just previously mentioned. Shane McMahon gets in there. He grabbed the microphone and told the crowd how much their response meant to him. Yeah, I'm sure it's great after your father fired you after the Royal Rumble last year in 2022. Snoop made the match official. Shane McMahon and The Miz was an official WrestleMania match. Shane was shadow punching out there, punching The Miz. His offense is somehow worse than it was the last time we saw him. He throws Miz against the rope, and he does a leapfrog. He comes down, his knee buckles, he tries to stand up, and then he falls down again. It looked like he tore an ACL or an MCL or something along those lines. It looked like he tore his knee completely to smithereens in the ring in in this ring tonight against the Miz at WrestleMania. So, all of a sudden Jessica Carr and the trainer who was out there went to go check on him. They are stalling for time. The camera didn't even focus on Shane McMahon anymore. They did not even focus at all on Shane McMahon anymore. Miz was dancing around the ring. Clearly something was not planned here. This was not planned at all. Some people thought that this was planned. No, this was not supposed to happen. So Miz is dancing around in there. All of a sudden, Snoop Dogg gets involved. He gets in the ring and... He drops Miz with a right hand. So he punched the Miz down. Then he goes over to Shane McMahon and asked Shane if he was okay before they rolled him out of the ring. So Snoop Dogg then sees the Miz get up. He drops the Miz again with a right hand. He delivered the people's elbow on the Miz and pinned the Miz one, two, three in what was probably the worst WrestleMania match since Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler. Now, I don't know what had happened when Shane went down to when Snoop Dogg got in the ring and delivered the people's elbow. I don't know, and I hope we'll find this out. Maybe somebody, one of these journalists, will find out something. I I don't know. But if it is Snoop Dogg taking this upon himself to get in there and make things right because he knew Shane McMahon fucking injured himself and was not going to be able to compete in this thing. If if Snoop Dogg went about this all on his own, this may be the greatest audible in the history of WrestleMania. 
Because I don't know how Snoop Dogg knew what the fuck to do in there and knew to take it upon himself to go punch the Miz, go drop the people's elbow, and then get involved in a match that did not even include him. I will say that much. If Snoop Dogg did that on his own, then Snoop Dogg is one attentive, talented motherfucker. I'll tell you that right now. But why was this necessary? Why, why did this need to happen? So Vince McMahon fires his son after the Royal Rumble last year because of the terrible reception to the Royal Rumble. He fires Shane McMahon. We don't hear about Shane McMahon at all from that moment on until tonight when we hear his theme music hit at SoFi Stadium. So Vince calls his son after firing him. Ah, son, I'm going to need you to come back and wrestle The Miz at WrestleMania. He does. He's out, of, he's out of gas before he even gets to the ring. I mean, he was fucking blown up before he even got in there. He hits a leapfrog. He tears his ACL. And then we never see from him again. I don't know if you guys believe in karma. I don't know if you guys believe in, you know, that type of thing. This is the universe telling WWE that the McMahons need to go away. That's what this means. This is the universe telling Vince McMahon, stop booking Shane McMahon on your shows. If this isn't a sign from the gods for Shane McMahon to just go away and do an administrative role or, or something along those lines, I don't know what is. If this isn't a sign from the gods to Vince McMahon to step away and that the McMahons are no longer needed in this capacity, I don't know what is. To me, from what I watched here, this was a sign from a higher being saying, get the fuck out. That's what that was. This was absolutely something that never should have happened, completely unnecessary, And nobody laughed. Nobody even wanted Pat McAfee versus The Miz at last night's WrestleMania. Yet we got this again. And I can't stress to you how everybody wants to see L.A. Knight on their television, but they found time to book Shane McMahon on their show. If you don't think Vince is in charge after what you saw here tonight, I don't know what the fucking wake-up call is going to be. Moving on. They did another movie ad tie-in to the next match with Russell Crowe. I don't know what the movie's called. It may be, I think it's like the Pope's Exorcism or something like that. It's some fucking D-level horror movie in 2023. So apparently, you know, they, they got this evil movie now sponsoring... Hell in a cell because, you know, it fits the vibe of what's going on here. So we got Russell Crowe doing an introduction for this match. And Edge enters the arena and we see on the screens on the stage, it says Brood Edge. And then all of a sudden, I hear the opening guitar riff 
to Slayers South of Heaven. Slayer, one of the greatest heavy metal acts, one of the most influential heavy metal acts of all time. I can't even begin to tell you how many bands have been influenced by Slayer. Slayer. Edge chose Slayer, South of Heaven, as his opening theme for WrestleMania. If that doesn't put Edge in the discussion of one of the greatest of all time, if that doesn't make Edge one of the badass motherfuckers of our generation, I don't know what does, man. I don't. Now, it didn't play the entire, the entire way down the aisle. I wish it did. I, that would have been fucking so badass. But they played at least, I would say, like 45 seconds to a minute of it. And then uh, they went right to his opening theme of, of Metalingus by Alter Bridge. And he walked down the aisle. You know, no, no theatrics, no nothing. He came out wearing this, this fucking mask. He had this outfit on, this fucking shiny man. I don't even know how to describe it. Looks spooky looking. But what an entrance by Edge, man. Holy shit. Balor, he made his entrance and he came out to his demon music, his NXT demon music, which was great. Um, I was kind of disappointed by the Finn Balor entrance. Not because I don't like it. I think it's fucking great. And it looked epic as fuck at WrestleMania with the crowd shots that they were doing and the smoke and him and doing the whole fucking hands in the air deal. But the one part I was disappointed by is that this match went on so early in the show, right? By that time, it was... Not even sunset yet in Los Angeles. It was still daylight out in Los Angeles. And honestly, the fact that this match did not take place in the nighttime and you could still see some of the roof open and some of the daylight peering in through the glass panels of the ceiling of SoFi Stadium, it kind of actually killed some of the ambiance of of Finn Balor's entrance because obviously it would have been more effective and more brooding in, in the nighttime than doing it in the daytime. It still looked pretty cool, though, but the maximum maximum effectiveness would have been greater in the nighttime compared to the daytime, is what I'm saying. So we got a Hell in a Cell match here. Edge and Finn Balor. Uh, I was looking forward to this uh, for many reasons. A, I love a good Hell in a Cell match. Edge has had great Hell in a Cell matches in his career. The last one that we saw him in was Seth Rollins at one of the Saudi shows, and that was absolutely fantastic. The Hell in a Cell is back to its normal color. We are back to a normal color of hell in a cell. The trade-off is, the trade-off is, we don't got any more red cells. We didn't get a red cell here. But man, they gave us the regular hell in a cell color again. But the trade-off was, we needed red steel chairs, we needed red kendo sticks, and we needed purple kendo sticks. So we traded the red color of the cage for red steel chairs. Now, I get it. I'm not going to really make a big deal about it, but I just found it to be quite funny and quite coincidental that the trade-off was so eye-opening and apparent. But yes, the red fits the hell color. We don't really need red steel chairs. I just found that to be uh, a little bizarre. So there were red kendo sticks, red chairs. Edge pulled out a bunch of shit from underneath the ring. He pulled out a kendo stick and hit Balor with a purple kendo stick. 
I guess they're Judgment Day colors as well as what I'm assuming, right? I guess they are uh, colors of the Judgment Day. That's why they did it. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, three minutes in here. About four minutes in, three minutes in, we got a chant of We Want Tables, Edge, Trap, Balor in the corner of the cell by pinning him uh, into the cage and trapping him between two kendo sticks. Edge followed with a missile drop kick off the apron. Balor sold that he got hit, but also sold like it did not hurt. Edge set up a purple table to uh, everybody's uh, excitement in SoFi Stadium. Balor busted free of the kendo sticks and went down uh, on Edge and fought back on the outside. But Edge fought back with an Impaler DDT. So Edge hits the Impaler DDT. Balor basically popped right up, hit a sling blade. And they are really with the no-selling. I mentioned the no-selling before. Balor no-sold uh, something before uh, Edge followed with a missile drop kick off the apron earlier in the match, and then Balor sold it that he got hit, but he kind of no sold it. They're really selling the fact that Balor has some sort of supernatural powers for uh, this demon character, right? He he'll get hit with a normal move, but he, he'll no sell it. So that's the whole deal with uh, with this new demon Balor that we're seeing in in 2023. Balor hit a running drop kick, sending Edge through the table he set up. And Edge going through this table looked fucking great. It looked like it was destroyed. And then the table that was propped up, the upper half of the table kind of fell right on top of Edge. That looked great. Balor whipped a few chairs at Edge, but Edge booted him and hit an unprettier in the ring. Now, there were rumors going around that Christian Cage may be allowed to show up at WrestleMania, that we were going to get a brood-type entrance here. We did not get that. There were rumors that Gangrel was going to be here for Edge's entrance. We didn't get that at all. Whoever reported that got that fucking really wrong. But he did the unprettier in the ring, did Edge. Edge then hit the Edge-O-Matic. Balor kicked out at a one, so more no-selling here by Finn Balor as the demon. Edge shoved the ladder into Balor's face, and Balor came up bleeding. The match stopped for a good uh, two minutes or so. So the match stopped. Referee had to stop the match. We had to get somebody in there, a doctor or a trainer, to check on Balor. And it really caused the match to come to a halt and kill some of the momentum that they were starting to build inside Hell in a Cell. Why do we stop matches for blood? I mean, the referee obviously is professional enough and... He's in a situation where he should be trained enough to stop something and let it go. But I feel like if this was less than what it was, it would have been stopped anyway. Why does WWE continue to stop these types of moments inside Hell in a Cell? You want to give me a match that is called Hell in a Cell? You want to give me something and sell me on something as the finality of a feud and the end-all be-all for a feud that has been building for months. And then when something happens, that should be a regular occurrence in the match. You want to stop it because there's a couple of droplets of blood in the match. I don't see AEW stopping John Moxley's matches. Guy fucking bleeds like a pig every single week. But oh my God, Finn Balor. Oh Jesus Christ, he's got a fucking paper cut on his head. I see a couple of drops of blood. Let's stop the match for two minutes. If you don't want to 
B, amongst that environment, then don't give me a Hell in a Cell match because everybody has been saying the same thing. WWE is going to do these types of matches, then there needs to be a reason for these types of matches to happen. It needs something like this to fit the vibe and the environment of these matches. Stop stopping the matches for stupid remedial bullshit like this. I don't understand it. So the medical staff checked on Balor. The match stopped. Edge had a stall for time, so he took out more weapons from underneath the ring to pop the crowd. Balor popped back up, stomped Edge. Edge avoided a coup de grace, which led to a double down. They clotheslined each other. Balor was still bleeding, so they let him bleed anyway. They want to stop it, but he's still bleeding. So, Balor responded with a sling blade. Drop kick, coup de grace, only gets a two count off the coup de grace. Balor climbed the ladder, but Edge hit him with a kendo stick. Edge used the ladder to bring Balor down from the top rope with an education for a near fall. That was a great spot. That was really fun. Balor pulled out a table, or Edge pulled out a table, rather. But Balor attacked him with a kendo stick and hit him repeatedly in the midsection with a chair. Edge is placed back first on the table. Balor climbs the cage, and WWE added these little platforms inside the cage. It's almost as if he performed some fucking signature move in WWE 2K23. I'm like, where the fuck is he going? He was going to the top rope for the coup de grace. He says, no, 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 I'm going to climb the cage for a coup de grace. I thought he was going to fucking backflip off the cage. All of a sudden, we see him climb the cage, and he's climbing up, and he's standing on this little fucking platform that they've added to the cage inside the ring. So he's higher than what the turnbuckle normally is, a couple of feet higher than the turnbuckle. So he's climbing this. He's on the platform. Not normally there. It's the first time I've seen it. And Balor's about halfway up. He tried a coup de grace through the table, through Edge, and Balor crashed through the table as Edge moved. That could have sucked even more than it originally did. Edge followed with a spear for a near fall. Edge started punching away at Balor's back with the, with, with the kendo stick and a, and a red chair. Edge grabbed another chair, and he had Balor face first on the chair, and he delivered a concerto with no hesitation whatsoever. At all, and he pins Balor after the concerto. One, two, three, and that was it. Did it make sense for Edge to win? Yes, it did. It did. Because he needed to get revenge on Judgment Day because of everything that they did to him. They kicked him out of the group. They bullied him and his wife. They left his wife laying with a concerto, so the perfect revenge for Edge Tonight would have been a concerto to the leader of Judgment Day. I have no problem with this. Does it make Balor look weak? Some may say yes. Some may say no. But Judgment Day is so over that I don't think anybody's going to really give this a second look anyway. Edge got the victory. Where they go from here with Edge, I don't know. Balor and Judgment Day are feuding with the LWO, Legato Del Fantasma, and Rey Mysterio. They will be fine. What they do with Edge, I don't know. This was a fun Hell in a Cell match outside of the stoppage for two minutes, which I thought was ridiculous. But this was a fun watch, and Edge continues to just 
bring us great matches at his age, man. He should not be doing half the shit that he's doing at his age. Appreciate him while you got him, please. Because he's not going to be around that much longer. WWE killed a lot of time before the main event. A lot of time before the main event. Kayla Braxton interviewed Bianca Belair about beating Asuka earlier in the night. They recapped the Hall of Fame and they brought out all the Hall of Famers and did the announcement for the Hall of Fame inductees this year. There was a video for next year's WrestleMania in Philadelphia. And it was the same one that they showed last night. There was a video package for the main event. So they killed a lot of time before the main event. And then we get into the main event of WrestleMania, the biggest match of the entire night. The reason that we're all here. And that is Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championships. Cody Rhodes entered. Big ovation from the crowd. He got a big entrance. Fireworks. Everybody was singing along to his theme. He got down to the aisle. The ringside area. He went over to his wife. He embraced his wife, his daughter, his sister, his mom at ringside. His young daughter was wearing headphones to block out all the loud noises because it was fucking loud in there, man. It was loud. I don't know how old his daughter Liberty is, but it was fucking loud in there. Cody then gives his weight belt. He takes his weight belt off. It's one of one, a signature weight belt that he basically wrote on the inside of the weight belt, all the promotions that he's worked for uh, since he's been gone from WWE. He gives it to Brody's oldest son, Brody Lee's oldest son, negative one, who was acknowledged by Michael Cole. Check my phone. I don't know what the fuck you guys are bothering me for. Oh. Balor has a fucking huge gash on his head. I didn't see that. Why would WWE show this on their phone? Why would why would WWE show this on my screen on, on the screen? Why would they why would they show this on the screen? I, I don't understand. Let me see if I could uh, focus this. Why why would WWE show this on their screen? How the fuck was I supposed to know? All right, they stopped the match. They stopped the match for that. Fine. They stopped the match. Like we didn't know that he had a fucking gash the size of. The fucking, uh, the size of the East River on his fucking head. But I'm not wrong anyway. WWE stopped the match for the fucking, they they stopped matches for the littlest shit. Who gives a shit? Can we get on with the main event and please stop interrupting me? I don't give a fuck. Stop texting me, please. So negative one got this weight belt. And then Michael Cole acknowledged Brody and mentioned the name of Luke Harper on commentary tonight during Cody's entrance. Roman Reigns comes out and Roman's entrance included six or seven or so piano players and they were performing his theme on piano. And I will say, man, I will say that this entrance to me was the best entrance of all the WrestleMania entrance. Just to me personally, it's probably Eddie Eddie's uh, theme playing during Ray's entrance, and then this probably tied neck and neck. 
I love the sound of classical piano like that. I I love the sound of classical piano like that. So he, hearing that, man, it's just like, oh, that's so fucking beautiful to me. It really is. So we got the ring entrances. Samantha Irving does the ring entrances. Everything is really epic. Everything's really big and over the top here. Roman Reigns grabs the microphone after all the ring entrances are made and says, WrestleMania, acknowledge me. They had an exchange that led to Rhodes doing the gold dust uppercut spot early on. Reigns then rolled to the outside. He was taking a little bit of a breather. Heyman said that you are the tribal chief. People, everybody here is here to see you, not him. He's just here because he's here. It it could be anybody in there, and, and they'd still be here to see you. It doesn't matter about him. It matters about you. So... He kind of hyped up Roman Reigns a little bit. I laughed at Paul Heyman because he's he's the best hype guy in the business. Reigns gained some offense here. Rhodes cut him off with a beautiful drop kick. Rhodes tried a disaster kick, but Reigns caught him and hit a power bomb for two. Reigns was in control. He tried to toss Rhodes from the ring. Rhodes skinned the cat, came back in. Reigns blocked a punt kick and dropped Rhodes on the apron. So Rhodes skinned the cat, Roman turned his back, and they somehow landed on the apron. Rhodes is going for a punk kick, and Reigns drops him right on the apron, face first. Reigns then slams Rhodes on the ramp, and he starts beating him up on the ramp, and Rhodes is starting to come back. He takes advantage here, referee is checking on Reigns. All of a sudden, Solo Sokoa gets involved and hit rain, uh, hit Rhodes in the ribs with a steel chair that he pulled out underneath the ring. So this was behind the referee's back, and Solo, as the insurance policy, is already paying off here. Reigns then followed a drive-by. He keeps up on the attack. He rolls Cody in the ring for a two-count. Rhodes tried to start another babyface comeback, but again, Solo Sokoa gets involved and trips him up. So the referee, you know, he's looking at Reigns, And he does not see Solo interfere for a second time. Reigns follow with a clothesline, knocks Cody down, goes for cover, gets a two count. So Reigns starts to clear the announce tables, both the Spanish and the American announce tables. So he tried to powerbomb Rhodes off of the Spanish table through the American announce table, but Rhodes blocked it and backdropped him through the American announce table. Everybody popped big for that. This was the start of the Cody ascent in this match. Rhodes hits some strikes, a power slam. He goes for Cody Cutter, and Michael Cole went a little bit too over the top for the first major pinfall of the match. It it was almost, he called this Cody Cutter pinfall like he was calling it in in the final seconds of the match. Like, I don't know what the fuck he's going crazy for. Roman Roman was not going to be pinned off the first Cody Cutter in the match, so I don't know what the fuck he was going so crazy for. Rhodes hit a suicide dive. Looked like he hit Roman's head on the way out. Kind of knocked heads a little bit too stiff. But Sokoa is back on the outside. After the suicide dive, Sokoa takes the weight belt from negative one and whips Cody in the back with it. Now, the referee had his back turned. All of a sudden, the referee stops. He heard the smack of Solo hitting Rhodes in the back. He looks... And he looks at Solo standing there, standing like this. He decides to kick Solo out of the ring 
and to the back. He kicks him out of the ringside area. So finally, after three fucking times, the referee heard, and he got Solo out of there, and now it's a regular one-on-one match. So Reigns takes the weight belt. He wants to use the weight belt. Referee stopped him. I don't know why Reigns wanted to use this, to maybe just to disqualify himself, but I don't know why Reigns would go about that and, and intentionally get disqualified. He would keep the title, but it's not like Reigns to do that. This allowed Cody to hit a super kick, and he had a crossroads for a very cl- close near fall. Crowd was really going crazy at this point. This was Cody's chance. This was Cody's chance, says Michael Cole. Reigns fought back. Jawbreaker. Rock bottom for a two count. Rhodes ducked a big Superman punch. He nails Reigns with a pedigree. He gets a two count off the pedigree. Rhodes went for the disaster kick. Reigns caught him in midair with a Superman punch for two. That was the most devastating Roman Reigns Superman punch I've ever seen. Fucking great. Reigns then was seemingly in control. And there was this look of like, how the fuck am I going to beat this guy? On Roman Reigns' face. Paul Heyman assured him that Rhodes was ready to be defeated on the outside. Yelling at Roman Reigns. Reigns went for a spear. Rhodes flipped through the spear. He got him in a cradle off the spear for a two count. Then he goes and applies a figure four, but Reigns countered it and then reversed it. He reversed the figure four. Now they're back up. They're trading blows left and right. Reigns dodged Rhodes off the top. Hit a spear on Cody as he came off the top rope. Gets another near fall. Reigns applied a guillotine. And I, I thought, I thought this was it. I thought when Reigns got that guillotine on, he did one of these things. That's it. He applied the guillotine. And it was in the middle of the ring. And Cody was locked in deep. I thought the guillotine was it. And then Cody started to fight back from the guillotine. And then Roman Reigns applied the leg scissors on the guillotine. And I'm like, that's it. It's over. Cody's going to tap. We got uh, Roman Reigns is going to be the, the champion, and we can go home. Reigns fought out of the guillotine. And I'm like, if this motherfucker gets up and fights out of the guillotine, this is guaranteeing a victory for Cody Rhodes. He got out of the guillotine. Nobody's ever gotten out of the guillotine before in this entire Roman run as world champion. So he got out of the, the guillotine, and Rhodes fought out of it. Attack Reigns, but Reigns ducked a big kick, and and Rhodes accidentally kicked the referee down, and the referee was out. So now we open up the floodgates for shenanigans to happen in the main event. So both men went down after Reigns hit a Superman punch, and Rhodes hit a clothesline. Rhodes set up for crossroads, but Jimmy and Jay Uso come out and hit dueling super kicks and deliver a 1D on Cody Rhodes. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens jump from the crowd and equalize the bloodline. And they took the bloodline out of the match, dumped the Usos from the ring. And I'm like, holy shit, this is it. This is it. How great of an ending would it have been for Sami to help Cody win the fucking title, man? I'm like, wow, that's how they're going to do it. They're going to have Sammy and KO equalize the bloodline and help Cody win the title, man. Owens gave Reigns a stunner. Zayn gave Reigns a halluva kick. The Usos were taken out of the match by Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens. Rhodes covered Reigns for a near fall, and Rhodes did not get the three count. Reigns kicked out. 
So at this point, you could see where I'm going. I'm going back and forth. I'm mentally going back and forth on this thing. I'm like, he kicked out of that. He kicked out of a stunner. He kicked out of a, a luva kick. If Reigns kicked out of that, then he's not losing the match. There's no way. There's no way. So Rhodes covered Reigns. He kicks out. They get back up. They start punching and brawling each other. They exchange strikes. Rhodes hit the dusty jabs, the bionic elbow. He drops down. He hits the gold dust uppercut. Rhodes hits one crossroad. Cody hits two crossroads. Heyman gets on the apron, distracts the referee. He was going for a third crossroads. Roman Reigns is dead weight at this point. Cody was struggling to keep Roman Reigns up. Roman Reigns pushes Rhodes into the corner. All of a sudden, Sokoa reemerges in a hood and gives Rhodes the Samoan spike. Roman Reigns spears Cody. Reigns pins Cody. And Roman Reigns retains the title. And 1,000 days is happening for Roman Reigns and his historic WWE Undisputed Universal Championship run. Seriously. You might not like it, but that's the way it needed to be. That's the way it needed to be, man. I don't want to repeat myself from the beginning. You guys have heard me say more than I really cared to say here, man. I don't want to pat myself on the back and told you that I was right. I'm not always right about everything, but when I know something needs to happen and then I see it play out, man, you can guarantee I'm going to fucking brag till kingdom come. No pun intended. This is exactly what needed to happen. There was no way Cody was uh, going to win this match. There was no way Roman was losing this match. Cody has not had a single drop of adversity on the road to WrestleMania. You are not allowed to use, oh, he tore his peck. Oh, Monday Night Raw needs a world title. Cody needs to win because they have to strike while the iron is hot. Oh, he won the Royal Rumble. Who else is there? You can't use those excuses. Roman Reigns has not wavered. Roman Reigns has not shown weakness. Roman Reigns is still the biggest draw in the industry. The bloodline is the hottest group in the industry. Why would you take the title off of your hottest guy that has shown absolutely no no sign of weakness or, you know, getting boring? In fact, Roman Reigns only continues to get hotter every single time he's out there. Why? You wanted the story to end based off what exactly? Dusty? Why did you want the story to end? Raw needs a world title on Monday Night Raw? Why did you want the story to end? There was no reason for it to end. He hasn't struggled. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't had to overcome anything. On the road to WrestleMania, he hasn't had to overcome a single fucking thing. Oh, but he tore his peck. I don't give a fuck. If he didn't tear his peck, we would be sitting here and I would be giving you a completely different story. The torn peck is the reason why the match was not ended in the way that you wanted. Nobody could help that. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. And do you honestly think that with all the resources Vince McMahon put into Roman Reigns, do you honestly think that he would take Roman Reigns and his title run and give it to somebody like Cody Rhodes, who went and started a rival promotion to come back for this moment and in his first opportunity 
Do you truly believe Vince McMahon would allow that to happen? No. Right now, those AEW defectors, all those interested in joining AEW or joining WWE from AEW, they don't look too promising right now. Because the look that Cody Rhodes gave after defeated, or after Roman defeated him, that doesn't look like the, the, the face of a uh, star in WWE looking to sway his buddies in AEW to join WWE when their contracts are up. We're going to have to let this one marinate a little bit longer to really get a good sense of how WWE is going to treat Cody so that narrative plays out on WWE television and the way WWE wants as well. Because right now, Cody is nothing more than the AEW version of Cody Rose that WWE seemingly was not going to reward because of how he built himself. Not against Roman Reigns anyway. What WWE did here tonight was the right move. Whether you want to believe it, whether you want to agree with me or not, it happened. Get over it. I was right for six weeks. Nobody believed me. I was right for six weeks, and I had comment after comment, tweet after tweet, TikTok after TikTok, claiming that I have L takes, that I have shit takes, that I'm wrong, that my opinion sucks, that it needs to happen, that Roman can't win, blah, blah, blah. I sit here and I will gloat until Roman loses the title because now when he loses the title, now it will be the right time. Tonight was not the right time for Cody to win the title. Don't bash me. I, I, I Don't kill the messenger. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but nobody seems to fucking listen to me when I tell them what exactly should happen. Again, I don't say shit because it sounds cool and I want to create controversial takes for everybody to fucking argue over. I give you what I would give you if I was running the show, and when it plays out, I kind of like to gloat. This is one of those moments. Roman Reigns is not ready to lose the championship. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? When does the rematch happen? The rematch ain't happening in Puerto Rico. The rematch is not happening in Puerto Rico, man. It very well may happen there, but I don't think it's going to happen because Roman is not going to get to 1,000 days if he loses in Puerto Rico. Roman is going to reach 1,000 days by the time we get to Saudi and beyond. So you know Roman is going to hold the title through that Backlash show, and Roman's going to get 1,000 days. So what do we do with Backlash? Roman's advertised for the show. Obviously, you saw what WWE plans to do at Backlash. Roman and the Usos versus Sammy, Cody, and Kevin Owens. Big, big six-person tag team match. It's not over. The bloodline and this little war here with Cody and Sammy KO is not over yet. We're going to get a big six-man tag team main event, and that is going to be a very, very entertaining aspect to continue this feud. When do we get the match? I don't know. It's not happening at King of the Ring. Maybe it happens in London at Money in the Bank. SummerSlam seems to be the likely destination. Cody needed adversity. Cody now has a story written out for him where he needs to overcome That's what I was trying to get at. Now you're going to get it. And when he goes into the next match with Roman Reigns, now he has overcome that. And now he's ready to win the world title. It's a very, very simple plan. And it played out beautifully tonight 
to close out WrestleMania 39. Guys, that is all I got. And I appreciate you all very much for hanging out with me tonight. We broke records tonight, man. 6,700 was the previous record for Royal Rumble. And tonight, we absolutely shattered that. And we had 7,400 people on the live stream tonight, man. It warms my heart that you guys make off the script your number one fucking destination after these shows are over, man. I love it. I love it. Hit that thumbs up, man. We got almost 3,000 likes. Can we get 3,000 likes, man? We're looking at 2780 right now on the thumbs up. Can we hit that thumbs up? 3,000 likes. I'd love to see that. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We got 10 new members tonight. We're going to Shout you guys out. Go check out all the other content on the channel. If you guys want more from yours truly right here on Off The Script, follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys also... Tune in tomorrow, man. We'll be live for Monday Night Raw. The Raw after WrestleMania, man. I am more excited about the Raw after WrestleMania than I am about WrestleMania. Who's going to show up? Are we going to see any NXT call-ups? The big Jay White rumor is out there. Randy Orton rumor out there. Where is Bray Wyatt going to show up? A lot going on, man. Tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com code JD at checkout. You're going to get your free sample and all you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling, man. Just like Cody Rhodes, guys. Cody Rhodes is now on the road to long-term booking. BlueChew is your way. Is your long-term booking. And BlueChew is going to help you get there, man, to write your story and finish your story. It's a unique online service that provides the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, and it comes in chewable tablets, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. Plan ahead. Be ready when that opportunity arises. And the process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part is it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package. First impressions, guys, always important. You're going to get a first impression and a lasting impression with Bluetooth, and you're going to get that extra confidence when it matters most. Sign up at Bluetooth.com. Code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com. And I want to thank them for being a great friend and a great sponsor. Right here on the WrestleMania 39 Night 2 post show. Right here on Off the Script. Ryan Heisler with a $10 super chat, man. I forgot to mention, I love my mother's basement. Excellent work. Gives me Resident Evil 4 Castle vibes. I love it. 
I hope you're enjoying the remake, and I hope your grandma is doing well. OTS, then, now, and forever. I actually visited my grandmother this afternoon, man, right before uh, I came home to uh, nap the rest of the afternoon away before WrestleMania, and she's doing excellent. She looks so much better, man. She looks better than the last time I saw her, which was last week. She's sitting upright in a wheelchair. She was watching the Mets. I watched the Mets a little bit with her today, and um, she's hoping to get out of there in a month, less than a month, so she'll be back home, hopefully. Thank you, Ryan. Michelle Moran with a $2 super jack. Charlotte will take the belt from Bianca, probably. Senile with a $4.99. Good God, Shane is back. That drops the rating for this night's WrestleMania to a negative 2.3 out of 10. It wasn't that bad, bro. Come on, Senile. It wasn't that bad, man. Easy with a $2 Super Jack. Shane is back. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is in total control. God help us. Well, we may get that announcement that Endeavor is going to merge with WWE, man, tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but it is going to be very interesting to see what comes out of that uh, merger. Uh, Maps go on the wall. I should be promoting my fucking dick in your mother's mouth, bro. Shut the fuck up. All because I like the main event tonight. I should be advertising estrogen pills. Get the fuck out. You didn't like it because your guy lost. Suck my dick, bro. Sorry to disappoint you. I was right. Deal with it. The fucking type of comment I get. Uh, Cena, thank you so much for the $4.99, bro. Easy. $2 Super Chat. Thank you, brother. Don Park with a $5 Super Chat. Instead of LA Knight, we get Lamo Mac. What the fuck, WWE? Vince definitely booked that BS, but props to Snoop for the save. We don't know if it was an audible or if uh, Snoop called it on his own. I don't know, man, but uh, it should have never happened. Ever. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. WrestleMania... Night two, nine out of ten. How many women is Triple H going to feed to Bianca? Nine out of ten for tonight's show, bro? No, I'd give it more like a six out of ten, maybe. Jen with 16 months and still undisputed Universal Champion Roman Reigns. 1,000 days LFG. Yeah, you can tell that to the fucking geek that they just kicked out of the venue, man. You can tell it's a maps go on the wall. He's a Cody bitch who's upset tonight. Sorry, guy. Jarrett Hopfinger with $2 Super Chat. That was a terrible way to end it. Good job, Vince. Now, I'm sorry, Jarrett. Senile with one month. Book one of the Roman Empire has concluded. It now sets up book two perfectly. The tribal chief still stands, but for how much longer? 1,000 days longer. What was it, 945 days? He's got two months left to go. 
Akachi Ra with a $10 Super Chat. Cody Tears in the main event. Let the pyro of tears commence. Oh, bro, you're never going to hear the end of it. And also with 19 months in the venue, Akachi, thank you so much, brother. Let the geeks cry. Cody didn't win and cheer for another sob story. Roman Reigns, 1,000 days. Joshua Simo with a 1999. JD, Roman continues to look weak as hell by the constant interference wins. I remember the days of when if champs continued to get help, they were forced to go it alone or lose the title. And I wish they would bring that back. Uh, Maybe you guys forgot what you're watching, man. You're watching a legitimate fucking god in Roman Reigns right now, man. Of course, he's going to have an army of fucking people to help solidify his reign. He knows it's coming to an end. Roman is going to do everything to keep his championships after his boys, the Usos, lost the championships. Why not? You're watching pro wrestling, bro. You're not watching, you're not watching, you know, it's not real. Of course, Roman, who is the villain, is going to have all the help he can get. He's the tribal chief. This is why he calls himself the head of the table. He's going to have an entire table of help. Like, I get it. You guys didn't like it. Fuck off. I I don't care. It is what it is. I mean, seriously, the geeks that come at me on social media every fucking every week. You don't like it? Move on. I told you it was going to happen. What the fuck did you expect? Joshua, thank you so much, man, for the $20 super chat. Hiru with a $5 super chat. To see the IC title get that spotlight, to see my favorite wrestler, Gunther, get his WrestleMania moment brought me to tears. That match was incredible, bro. That was awesome. Unbelievable. Black Wolf, Inc., with a 10. I was certain that I would not like Night 2 more, but I'm honestly torn now. Tonight we had three classic bangers, and the long-term booking keeps paying off. That Hell in a Cell and Triple Threat were great. I enjoyed Night 1 more than Night 2, bro. That's just me. Derek Anawaii with 16 months. What's up, Oos? Hey, I told you Roman would win at Gen. Throw up the ones. Thank you, Derek. Black Wolf with a five. Roman is indeed the greatest final boss WWE produced. I honestly cannot see him losing the belts till SummerSlam or even Mania next year. Give me more. You know what? I'd love to know how much of this reported rumor of the merger sway WWE's decision to keep the belts on Roman Reigns. Did that have anything to do with it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. JC720 with eight months. JD, Roman's dominance is something special. This long-term booking and the payoffs at the end of this, I'm looking forward to it. Really enjoyed WrestleMania 39. You get it, JC. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for eight months. Hero with a 10. That ending was garbage. Greatest final boss, my ass. Gunther is a better champion than Roman. He always needs help to win his matches. I don't give a fuck about 1,000 days. Get those titles off of him. Uh, listen, you know, Hero, you got a gripe. I get it. But when Roman loses the championships, it's going to make everybody that much more celebratory when it happens. Just trust the process, bro. Trust the process. 
Cozy Cleveland with a 9.99 rematch next year. This should be about two things. The slow breakup of the bloodline. Cody Chase for a rematch that he don't get until next year's WrestleMania. Then it's a true one versus one. Cody may win money in the bank for all we know. Never quit with a 199. We the ones. Neck tattoo didn't deserve it. Love you, JD. Thank you, never quit. That's your first super chat in the venue too, brother. Thank you so much. McGuire with a 220 super chat. My heart is completely shattered, but I trust Triple H. Trust the process, bro. Dirty Hamster, 95 with 10 months. What night did you enjoy more? Night one. And what was your favorite match? Uh, I would probably say my favorite match... I don't know, man. That's tough. That's tough. I probably have to go with uh, the Intercontinental title match or, or Cody Roman, uh, honestly. For my favorite match for WrestleMania. Love that. Uh, love all that you do. Keep being great. Best in the IWC. OTS for life. Thank you, brother. Uh, Senile with a $100 super chat, man. I appreciate you, Senile. Thank you so much. $100 super chat by Senile. Here's 100 for a shout out to all the mods that have to put up with the morons in the chat. If we can't just pretend the first two matches were the pre-show, it was a goon night of wrestling tonight. Yes, it definitely felt like that. Munchy time with 23 months. OTS fam, know why Cody lost tonight. Now begins his real struggle and payoff comes later this year in Detroit at SummerSlam. Cheers, OTS family. Thank you, Munchy time. Uh, uh, Reese Angle, am I happy Cody lost tonight? Yes, because I proved everybody wrong. That's why I'm happy Cody lost. Um, Munchy time, thank you, brother. Joshua with the 999. So Miz got two matches while deserving people got nothing. That's pathetic. Also, it would be nice to see Asuka get a win at WrestleMania instead of being treated as bad as Sasha at WrestleMania. I guess that's why she posted that tweet online. Omega Lull with a five. That was atrocious booking, and anyone co-signing that garbage is a contrarian. It's Triple H Goldberg all over again and ruined the fantastic match. That's your opinion, man. John Moore with a 999 was in the crowd tonight. Felt like a good amount of booze towards Bianca Cena. Crowd was super behind Asuka, even with the horrible story buildup. Love the show, man. Keep up the great work, John. Uh, John, thank you so much, man. Um, yeah, I could feel I could feel that too, man. Cody even got some boost too. Cody got some boost tonight as well, but I mean that's just the power of Roman Reigns. Uh, Akachi with a five. Just like Mortal Kombat, you must beat the endurance run before the final boss. Cody failed and ran out of quarters. You get it, bro. You just get it. Basic with a four ninety nine. Cody lost. But there will be enough build that when he does win it, the payoff will be that much sweeter. Yes, indeed. No doubt about it. Gavin Deeth with an Australian $5. What is the McMahon's... Uh, what is with McMahon's missing leg day? Also, Dog is a goat. Why is Road Dog a goat? What did Road Dog do? Oh, uh, Snoop Dog. I don't know why I'm thinking Road Dog. Yes, yeah, Snoop Dog is a goat. Yes, not Road Dog. Uh, Ali within eight months. WrestleMania was very good. I enjoyed it. I was still hoping for Cody Rhodes to be the champion, but I have a feeling it's going to be at SummerSlam. Yes. Just like I, how like how I predicted. 
Um, John Lamey with a five. Thank you, brother. Not today. Jay with a five. People in the IWC are mad, which means that they made the right call. Cody is about to be a more massive baby face than he is now. Yes. Yes. Mr. Zaki Boy with a five. For years, I wanted to see what a Triple H book mania would look like. These two nights have validated all those desires. Truly a great WrestleMania. I thought this was easily the best WrestleMania of the entire decade. Easily. This was definitely one of the best WrestleManias of all time. Tootie Freddy with a 199. Cody was looking like Cena when he lost to The Rock. Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty disappointed. Munchie time with a 10. Calling it out. Cody struggles. Riddle and Orton return. Orton turns on Riddle, setting up a match between them. Cody wins the titles at SummerSlam. Then Orton, Cody, Riddle at WrestleMania 40. Nah. Nah. Andy Suppers becomes a new member. Andy, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? The Madman with a two-dot super jack. Who are they going to find to beat Roman Reigns? Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. TK with a 10. People freaking out. LOL. WWE wasn't letting the new or wasn't letting the AEW EVP come in and take the keys. It never made sense. They pulled a sting job at WrestleMania 31. No idea where they go from here, but it'll be a fun ride. Just like I said, bro. The Big Mo Network with a 499. People are in their feelings about Roman Reigns winning tonight. Laughing my ass off. Bozos. Miles Marable with a 199. Hashtag and still. Hashtag acknowledge him. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, Miles. AJT with a one month. Not going to lie. I would have been kind of sad if Roman lost. This is a once in a lifetime run here. I acknowledge you, JD. Thank you, AJT. So you get it, bro. These once-in-a-lifetime moments, man, appreciate them. They never happen. You want to get rid of them. Isaac Metalhead with a 499. Edge coming out to South of Heaven was the best thing that happened tonight. Truly my favorite wrestler. I'm going to be sad when he retires. Edge is amazing. And I truly hope that when Edge does retire, Alter Bridge is there to play him to the ring. It, it needs to happen. Podcast Red Zone clearly watched a different WrestleMania than all of us. If he says WrestleMania was complete trash, he's clearly trolling. There's no way you can say this WrestleMania was trash. Red Storm Pro with a $2 Super Chat. JD, you are the modern-day Nostradamus. Spot on. Thank you, brother. Don Parker with two. Acknowledge JD. They certainly better start acknowledging me. Austin with a three months. Roman can't win on his own. Always needs help. Weak champion. It's almost like you guys forgot you're watching professional wrestling. Buddy Love with a 199. Triple H book night one, Vince book night two. It certainly feels like it. Andy Suppers with a five. Shane oh dear Mac, the worst person to return tonight. Absolutely, Andy. And thank you for your first ever super chats. Appreciate you, brother. Exclusive with a new membership. What the fuck are you drinking tonight, man? Marcus Zimmerman with seven months. Hey, JD, love OTS, but they should have made Roman win clean. To me, it made Roman look weak. Agree or disagree? That's up to interpretation, bro. I get what you guys are saying, but it's going to make Cody's run and Cody's chase that much better. Please trust the process. 
Sean434 with a 499. They are not topping what they've done with Sammy and Cody. Garbage. Bloodline is peaked. It's all going downhill, downhill from here. How you doubt Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso and the storytellers that they've become, bro? Shame on you. The breakup of the bloodline is going to be a completely different beast in its own self. Said Suka with a 499. Not going to lie, that finish broke my heart, but after reflecting, Cody shouldn't have won. He needs a heartbreak and chase. It will make his win more meaningful. Some of you guys get it, man. Some of you guys just get it. How come some of you do and some of you don't? Hooligrim with a five. Pour 1,000 shots of Cody's tears for 1,000 days. Ha, 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 ha. You've done it again, JD. Thank you so much, Hooligrim. And thank you for your uh, for your efforts here in the chat, brother. Blaze with a five. JD, thoughts on fans calling the main event an L for Triple H and why AEW is better, apparently. Wrestling fans show their true colors today. Freaking sheep. Bro, I'm not listening to these fucking people. They want to cry like that over fucking uh, a little spilt milk and not be patient for the storyline to play out, man. That's their fucking problem. Uh, Reggie Smith with 18 months. Oh, man, I love you, JD. What a WrestleMania we had this year. Hats off to everyone. Thank you, Reggie. 18 months. Alex Robertson and John Moore become new members. Lauren Marie Hutton becomes a new member. Thank you, guys and gal. What the fuck are you guys drinking tonight? Eric Newton with a five. The next song is all to... The Cody fans. It's called Long-Term Crying. And then he leaves some violin emojis. Thank you, Eric. Grimsley with a $5 super chat. Asuka losing. Straight into Finn losing. Asuka is now 0-5 at WrestleMania. Gunther, Sheamus, Drew. Best match in my opinion. Night 2 was a rough watch at times. It was. It definitely was. Ricardo with 32 months. Cody versus Roman was the closest we would get to a forbidden door. There was no way WWE would book Cody, AEW, to go over Roman, WWE at WrestleMania. I said it. Jason Tarr with a $20 super chat. It wasn't only a prediction, it was a spoiler, JD. Like you said, he hadn't struggled yet. Now he has. I can see this again around SummerSlam or next year's WrestleMania. Yes. Yes. Lauren Marie Hutton with a $5 Super Chat. Night one was better than night two, in my honest opinion. Wonder why. No Randy tonight. Roman hasn't faced Randy yet. Do you think he will soon? Shane's return was a waste. Uh, Randy might show up tomorrow. Plans might have changed, but uh, Raw is at the Crypto.com Arena tomorrow, so they will still be in Los Angeles. Uh, Edward, 499, do you think who dethrones Roman might still not be in the company? Could WWE hold the title on Roman to possibly lure Omega over to dethrone Roman? Bro, if Cody didn't dethrone Roman, Omega is not dethroning Roman. If anything, tonight deterred people from coming to WWE because they're not going to be, you know, the the, the the men or the champions that they, that they think they are over here in WWE. It's not going to happen. If Cody couldn't get it done, what, ma- what makes you think WWE is going to lure Omega over and have Omega beat Roman? Dino with a $2 super chat. Hoot Media deleted his message, so Dino was probably kicked out of the venue. Fuck him. Uh, Blurred with a 2 Thank you, V2, bro. It's going towards my uh, my, fain, uh, my uh, train fare to go to the gym tomorrow. Uh, Kinson Stanley with a $10 super chat. I hope Cody comes out tomorrow and is super pissed. 
He needs to come out and wreak havoc on the bloodline. Looking forward to the rematch. The main event is keeping me invested. Yes. Marquise with 16 months. WrestleMania was great. Proud of Triple H, man. Hope all is well with you, JD. It is, Marquise. Thank you so much. Other than me being tired, I'm fine. Him with a 499. Houseman asked Triple H if he wants to comment on the sale, and he just said nope, left, and says he's not talking about anything past today. You were right. Well, Nick Houseman's a fucking idiot. He's one of the worst that the journalists have to offer. A complete shill and a fucking retard is Nick Houseman. I told you it was going to happen, and he was going to get no answer. Then he got he got one one chance to ask a question for what possibly could be a groundbreaking landmark WrestleMania event, and he wanted to ask that question. Fuck him. Fuck him. Kai T with a five dollar super chat. Triple H mentioned in the press that the girl who danced with Bianca during the entrance, mom passed hours before, and she still went out there and did amazing. That's crazy. That is crazy. Easy with a $10 super chat. BC will be mad, but Cody wasn't ready. Dancing Asuka would have had another failed title run. I'm glad Gunther is still champ, so I'm okay with night two title matches. Hope Shane is okay. OTS for life. Now, BC could be mad, bro, but I think BC's going to understand where they're going with this. BC's going to be very happy about where they go with this. He's going to be more pissed that Asuka lost than anything. In make-believe with a 449 super chat in his currency. Won't this loss hurt Cody's babyface momentum? No. It's going to enhance Cody Rhodes. Also, love the new design. And what's your go-to whiskey for an old-fashioned OTS for life? Cheers, brother. My favorite whiskey right now that you can't really get in the United States is Jameson uh, Crested. You can only get it in Ireland. It don't even taste like whiskey, bro. It tastes like it's it's as smooth as anything I've ever had. But if I was to choose a whiskey, um, I like... I always like Knob Creek... Um, I usually just go for Knob Creek, honestly. I'm a big Knob Creek guy. There, there's another whiskey that I like, man, that uh, you, you you guys should try. It, it comes in batches. Um, It's Jefferson's Ocean. I would really recommend that too, man. Anytime you could see Jefferson's Ocean, as far as the whiskey goes, pick that up, man. It's great shit. Um, uh, Robert Cruz with a new membership. Thank you, Robert Cruz. What the fuck are you drinking tonight, brother? GLO with a 499. They don't understand storytelling, JD. The bigger picture is Cody breaking the 1,000 day reign. You tell him, brother. Skywalker Club with a 499. It's crazy to me how far Reigns has come from being the factory made baby face that the fans rejected for Brian Danielson to being wrestling's top heel. Transformative isn't isn't even the word for him, bro. It's just fucking something unbelievable. Maps go on the wall with a $2 super chat. Cody coming out of Stardust tomorrow night. If you genuinely believe that maps go on the wall, you're a complete idiot, bro. Mr. Premium 2002 with a 499. In my opinion, this was the best WrestleMania in years. Still have some spots to critique. Other than that, great show. Love your new setup, man. Thank you, Premium. Sean Ray J with a $10 super chat. We tried to tell him Roman needs to win. Cody has to struggle. 
There's always the Madison Square Garden show on SmackDown July 7th, a month before SummerSlam. That was a chapter. New chapter now begins. Yes. Yes. Looking Glass, $4.99. Triple H had uh, a solid gold Rolex Sky Dweller on. I'm waiting for the stainless steel new mint green dial. Bro, I still got to get myself a fucking Milgos. They don't sell them anymore. It's tough to find. I go to the fucking boutique on Madison Avenue, man. Nothing. Dick Hammer with a $9.99. Thinking that WWE was going to complete strip the bloodline of all their titles in one day. In one two-day pay-per-view is wildly unrealistic. It's silly storyline-wise and just was never going to happen. Dick Hammer, you tell him, bro. After the Usos lost their championships, I honestly said, I don't, I don't see Roman also losing his championship on night two. Jesse Caro with 23 months. Night one was better than night two with Roman winning tonight. Who would you have him drop the titles to and win? Cody at SummerSlam. That's what I'm going with. Coiled Phoenix with a $50 super chat. Thank you, Coiled Phoenix. It's good to see you in the in the, the venue. I uh, just wanted to send my love to you, JD, and my OTS family as always, and to mention that I will be coming to New York in July for my 40th birthday and would love to have a drink with you. We will see. I should be around in July. I should be. I don't know what's happening in July. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a fan meetup or something. I don't know. But thank you, Carl. Thank you for the $50 super chat. Uh, I'm Torch, $4.99. JD, the little girl that was in Bianca's entrance, passed away this morning. The little girl that was in Bianca's entrance passed away this morning. Then, then who actually danced on stage? Was it her ghost? If she passed away, how was she dancing on stage? I don't know. Maps go on the wall. $2 Superchat. Official WWE being reported as sold to UFC owners. Not yet. Max Mello with a 9.99. Hey, bro, don't laugh at us. If I'm being honest, there was something about the pace of the main event that had me thinking Cody was winning because Cody actually got help, which never happens as far as I know. impressive yeah man she uh she passed away this morning and then she showed up and danced uh, with bianca belair that's fucking hella impressive man uh, teach me a thing or two but if if sammy and ko helped cody win the title it would have been okay for everybody though right but you complain that roman got help cody was getting help too uh luigi carmine with a new membership thank you luigi luigi Twisted with the 14 months. Night one seemed to be booked by Triple H and night two by Vince McMahon. I love the Roundtable podcast. Hope you guys do more. Fuck Vince. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, Twisted. Uh, those uh, roundtables are going to happen uh, on all major shows, I think, bro. I'm going to hit them up. Uh, Sid with a $110 super chat in his currency. Don't know if I'm wrong, but I think if Cody wins at SummerSlam, it won't be the same. Should be next year's WrestleMania or don't give him the titles. So then you want Roman to hold the titles for the entire year, is what you're saying. Full Whites with a 199. Roman effing Reigns. Acknowledge him. Most of us do, bro. It's the Cody fans that don't. John Cena's bald spot 
with a $2 super chat. Hashtag 1,000 days. Let's see how the story plays out. See, John Cena's bullet spot even notes, bro. Thought it was the right decision. It's unbelievable. Roderick Welch with a $10 super chat. Great looking venue, JD. I would love a double doers on the rocks. No doubt about it, brother. I'll get you whatever you need. Looks like you're getting your wish and Cody's going to earn it. Nothing against Roman, but I'd rather would have seen Cody win tonight. Listen, man, the story's going to be fine, and the story's going to make Cody into a bigger babyface, bro. It's going to be fine. Wild Stallions with two months. Thank you, brother. 7,406 in the venue. Love to see it. We still got 5,000 in here, too, man. It's crazy. Uh, Patches with a 499. Let the marks know, JD. Tonight's finish was best for business. While the Twitter dweebs freak out, this will only further a greater long-term story. Yes. They can freak the fuck out as long as, as, long as they uh, acknowledge me and the fact that I actually call this for six weeks. Uh, Andrew Finch with a new membership. Thank you, brother. The chief executive officer with five months. JD, five months and counting. Did you hear that WWE is close to a deal with Endeavor? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Boxhead with a five. I have a new date tonight. So I had to head out early, but I appreciate you keeping the energy for the stream this late. You've earned all your success. Thank you, Boxhead. Enjoy your day, brother. And please be a gentleman, man. It's nothing worse than a guy who's not a gentleman on a first date. Jedi Jerk with a $5 super chat. Hi, I'm late. And sorry if you talked about this already, but Finn Balor posted a picture of his head on Twitter, and it looks nasty. Great weekend overall. I didn't know that before I talked about it, so I take back what I said. But WWE, even if Balor's injury wasn't as grim as what we saw, they probably still would have stopped it. Mr. Zone, DG2 of the 199. Question, boss. If not Cody, who is logical to win? Nobody. Nobody. Boxhead, $5 Super Jack. JD, I forgot to ask. What colognes are you currently wearing? Mine. Paco Rabone, 1 million. Prada Luna Rosa Ocean. And Tom Ford, fucking fabulous. Uh, to be honest with you, bro, I do not wear cologne. I don't really like that stuff on my skin, man. Uh, Lauren Marie Hutton with a $2 Super Chat. Felt like a Vince show. Drew AEW bound soon. No. Patches with a 199. Triple H brings a maturity to booking that TK and Vince McMahon lack. Yes, because he's patient. And Triple H is always thinking ahead, man. He's always thinking fucking several steps ahead. Hiro with a $5 Super Chat. I pray that WWE doesn't have Charlotte get drafted to Raw to beat Bianca for the title. Please, God, no. Now, I feel like Bianca's going to get drafted to SmackDown. I do. Swift with a seven uh, with a five dollar super chat. Uh, not only did Charlotte end Oscar shriek, she lost the title to Carmella the next night, if I recall correctly. Interesting. I forgot about that. Like Jay, you rock with a one ninety nine. Trish was my favorite part of WrestleMania, bro. It looked like Trish was popping out of her shirt every time I saw her. Not that I'm complaining. Uh, glorious one with a four ninety nine. Main event was great. I just think that. Ending kind of deflated me because it was predictable to me. I saw an interference from a mile away. Well, you know, it happens, bro. It happens. As soon as the referee goes down, you know what's going to happen, man. Shenanigans. Marquise with a $5 super chat. JD, the only reason why Bianca won tonight was because one of the dancers' moms passed away. So I think they were going to make it up to Oscar tomorrow. Could be, bro, but I don't think that WWE is ready to move on from Bianca, to be honest with you. 
Twevin with a 499. This has to be Vince Booking. He cooled off his top babyface and weakened Roman because he can't win clean against the believable opponents. We will see it play out, Twevin. Not too worried about it. Big Wheezy with a five. Said how Snoop had a match and LA Knight wasn't on the show. Well, Miz had two matches. Kelly Yamaguchi with a 499. AJD, rock on for this Wrestling Weekend podcast. Get some rest, and I pray that after WrestleMania, WWE hits the reset button instead of not sold to anyone. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the sale. We'll find out more on Monday. Uh, Maps go on the wall with the $2 Super Chat. Cody got Lugard. Cody did not get Lugard. He did not get Lugard. Alex Young with a $5 Super Chat. It feels that like Hell in a Cell match was cut short. Feel both Balor and Edge had more planned, but that gash looked worse than I expected. He was bleeding freely. Man, well, he wrestled like he didn't get... He wrestled the rest of that match the way you would normally see him wrestle, man. So he's a fucking a trooper for sure. Uh, Nate with a $5 super chat. Omas versus Brock was pretty fun. IC title match was a banger. Roman Reigns, 1,000 days. And pray for Finn Balor. I want blood in LSL, but that cut was ridiculous. Now that I saw it, yes. Cisco with a $5 super chat. I'm so happy with this WrestleMania weekend. I introduced my son to wrestling, and he just ordered his first WWE championship today. Hashtag OTS for life. That is a beautiful thing, Cisco. Congratulations, man. Kyle Billings with seven months and John Stamey with a new membership. Gentlemen, thank you so much, man. What the fuck are you guys drinking? Eunice with a five. Hasn't Cody faced adversity by adversity? I mean, his past WWE run, especially with Stardust. Eunice, you clearly didn't hear anything I said in the beginning of the show. You did not listen to any fucking thing I said in the beginning of the show, brother. Tyrone Collins with a 199. No message. Thank you, brother. Isaac Smith. $10 $10 Super Chat. I hope this war between the Bloodline and Cody, Sammy, and KO goes on to next year's WrestleMania. I'm absolutely here for it. Also, what a Hell in a Cell match. I knew it would be a banger. I don't know if it's going to continue to next year's WrestleMania, but it's certainly continuing. Maps go on the wall with a $5 Super Chat. Hell, I need some Blue Chew after that piece of shit main event. Uh, Maps, we're going to unban you, bro. I don't know if you're still listening, bro. I'm going to unban you, man. You've been donating, and you really haven't said anything to me outside the estrogen, which I forgive you. Don't disrespect the content creator, bro. Otherwise, I'm going to have to dump you. So I unbanned you if you're still listening, bro. Thank you for the super chats. Tom Croco with a 999. Roman in his Mania press conference tonight said that the only thing in the third inning of the Bloodline story and kept saying that this is just the beginning of it all, thinking they meant this is going to Mania 40. It's possible. Nolan, the creator with seven months. What's up, JD? Great wrestling this weekend. Great show as always. I see that painting's eyes move. Keep it up. OTS for life. Yes. It's a little Easter egg that you guys uh, clearly picked up on. Ultimate Fox with a five. Bianca and Montez definitely turning heel. They would make great for TV. Also, thanks for being you. No matter what people think of you, rock on. Thank you, Ultimate Fox. Appreciate your brother. Scorpio with a $2 super chat. I got to meet the GOAT Mercedes Monet today. Lucky you. She looked uh, pretty good today. She always looks good, though. Uh, Jay with a $2 super chat. I would like LA Knight built up to be the next champion. He may win money in the bank for all we know. LJ 
with a super chat, $5 super chat, his first super chat. Thank you, LJ. John Stamey, $2 super chat. M. Jeffers, Roman, who wins? I'm going with uh, nobody because I'm not putting them in the ring together. Ryoku, $2 super chat. Liquid Death needs to sponsor you. Yes, uh, yes, they do. I emailed them and they ignored me. Uh, Andrew Show with a $5 super chat. Jay Uso should be the one to beat Roman. It's his story. It started with him. No. Cody's going to be the one to beat Roman. Mr. Dark Ace with a $20 super chat. The fall of the bloodline chapter is here. The Usos losing the belts is the start of the chapter on the way to SummerSlam. Roman will be a complete prick towards the Usos, demanding they prove they are still part of the bloodline. It's going to play out, bro. It's going to play out. Golden Face with a 999. Made the right call to have Roman win. Watching his transformation has been incredible, and he deserves it. Cheers to 1,000 days and to an incredible WrestleMania. Thank you, brother. Cool bro with a $4.99. Now, Cody potentially will have a Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 long-term storytelling. When Daniel Bryan lost at SummerSlam, it made that WrestleMania that much sweeter. Bingo. Neon, the synthetic kid with a $9.99. In my opinion, I can see Cody winning the King of the Ring, adding to his struggle, and winning at SummerSlam. Keep up the amazing work, JD, especially everything you did this week. I appreciate your OTS for life. I would not mind that. Being that Gunther kept the Intercontinental title, we may see Cody win the King of the Ring. Austin Whitley with a 499. Props to Finn Balor for getting blasted with that ladder, stapled up, finished the match. Great WrestleMania overall, last night especially. Yeah, I did not know that was going on there, man. And obviously, we didn't see what was going on, but now I take back what I said. Uh, WrestleMania 40 is in Philly, says Ryan with a 499. The rise of Roman was there. At the 2015 Royal Rumble, the fall of Roman should be there as well. Should be The Rock involved in that, question mark. Maybe. Rock was there in 2015. He saw the hatred. Why not? Red Storm Pro with a two. Bloodline are currently receiving death threats. Well, wrestling fans are fucking lame and pathetic, man. So I don't really uh, sit here surprised to hear that. Uh, Corinne of Darkness with the $20 Super Chat. A Royal Rumble win and six weeks of build does not justify Roman losing the title after being on a run of a lifetime. Glad Roman retained. Cody needs to struggle more. As his theme song says, hard times breed better men. Yes. Absolutely. Kai T with a 199. Night one is always better than night two. Same thing happened last year. King Kong with a 799. Hello, JD. Hope you're well. Always speaking facts and truth. Love you, bro. What's the oldest wrestling match you have ever watched? Um, WrestleMania 1. I haven't gone back and watched anything before that, bro. Way, way beyond my time. Uh, Joshua Simo with a 499. JD, I don't disagree with you. Just looking forward to Roman losing for other superstars that are stuck in limbo while we all wait. Yes, man. I, it was one of the things I talked about. One of the things I talked about, man, especially when it comes to Seth Rollins and guys like Drew McIntyre. Noah, where they won 99. Roman and the Usos versus Sammy, Cody, and KO at Backlash. Indeed, that's exactly what we're getting, I believe. Hooligrim with a $5 super chat. Do cracks form with the bloodline now that Roman retained and the Usos lost? Yes. Imperium has the numbers to deal with the Usos, and Gunther has to be... The one versus Roman Reigns. No, man, I think it's going to be Cody. I think Cody winning the, the King of the Ring is, is going to happen. If Gunther lost the Intercontinental title, I could have seen him win the King of the Ring. But I think Cody's going to win the King of the Ring. 
DJ Lundy with 14 months. Here's a daily reminder. The best highlight of the night when it comes to the premium live event is no Kevin Patrick on our TV. Absolutely. Max Black with a five. I would argue Cody made a rookie mistake by antagonizing Solo because it made him get more involved, more personal than just helping his tribal chief. You could say that. Nobody really picked up on that. You're not ready. Solo thought that Cody wasn't ready to win the world title, so he got back at him. LJ with a new membership. Thank you, brother. Ty Sloan with a 199. Do you like Resident Evil 4 Remake? I love it so far. Brandon James Shea with a $2 Superjack. Keep it on Roman for 2,000 days. No. No. And JD's hairline with a 199 Superjack. I need Rogaine. Help me. What the fuck are you drinking? I'm sure that's one of my guys staying up late trying to troll me. Thank you, JD's hairline. And my Jean Styles with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD, would you see Seth or Lashley versus Roman and Saudi before back to Cody at SummerSlam? I don't know, bro. I don't know. We got King of the Ring. We don't need a. We don't really need Roman to defend the world title at King of the Ring. And Zero Kaiba with a 199. Rhodes to 1,000 days. There you go. There you go. We got a $10 super chat from the lovely and beautiful Destiny $10 super chat. Imagine trolling with a super chat. Ha, ha, ha. Seems like a small bulge energy to me. Great show tonight, my dude. Thank you, Destiny. Thank you very much. Uh, We are about to get out of here, man. I got... I got I to gotta, I gotta be up at 8.30. It's already 3 o'clock, man. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, guys, uh, I got to get out of here. We killed it this weekend, man. We, we genuinely killed it. We genuinely killed it. 7,400 plus in here, man. You guys blew my expectations out of the water. I was expecting that type of retention and audience on last night's show. But clearly, clearly tonight was the biggest night because of Roman and Cody, but it is what it is. John, uh, John Cena's bold spot with a $2 Super Jet. How would you split up the titles? I would split them via a draft. Because when Roman loses the titles, he's losing both titles, so you're going to have management take one title and put it back on the other brand. Anyway, guys, Listen. I appreciate all that you did for me this weekend, man. We killed it. It was the biggest WrestleMania weekend the show's ever done. You will see me tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw, man. My favorite show of the entire year, Raw After Mania. And we are going to be back live tomorrow night, man. Take it easy. Get rest. It's been a long weekend. It's not over yet. And you guys will see me tomorrow night, man. Please hit that thumbs up on your way out. Follow me on social media as we are on the road to uh, 50,000 Twitter followers and 144,000 right here on the podcast, guys. Thank you for a great weekend. I'll see you tomorrow night for Monday Night Raw right here on Off the Script.
Ring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.